I'm a true champion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestle Plug podcast. It is the weekly state of wrestling address where every single week we cover the wrestling news. Some of it's good, some of it's ridiculous, some of it's shit, but we cover it all. So it doesn't matter if you've seen it. If you've seen it over the last week, then we're going to talk about it. I'm, of course, Aaron Nix, the most unprofessional professional wrestler you will ever meet. And joining me on this podcast, let's start right underneath me, shall we? With, of course... The proprietor of Peace Haven. Jeremy Miller shaking his head because what he doesn't realize is Cameron's actually underneath me. As he should be because he's a young boy. Make what you want of that. Brett um, oh, Rest, watch out. I know, right? We're getting there early with these things. But the proprietor of Peace Haven. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Cameron Anderson has come back to the podcast once again, despite the fact he couldn't be bothered to turn up for the Rumble pre-show. Luckily for him, we'll be talking about the Royal Rumble later. Cameron Anderson, welcome back. Oh, yeah, sorry for missing the Rumble pre-show, but we all know Goldberg's going to win it, so I didn't want to waste my time. That's not lie. We, we threw you over the top rope. We didn't need you. Yeah, that's basically what happened there. He got thrown over the top rope. And of course, <laughs> you've already heard his wonderful voice, so why not? Let's follow with him. He is, of course, the Duke of Diabetes, the Maple Leaf Magician. Four times as much charisma as Kenny Omega, four oh, times fuck. as much insulin, four times as much Twitter game. And frankly, I'd rather see him do a dragon suplex as well because Carl Wilkinson, he is only half of what Kenny Omega is. He only fantasizes about Japanese women. Kenny Omega actually goes out and finds himself a few Japanese schoolgirls to keep himself busy. That's how he likes to work with his business. Carl Wilkinson, welcome back to the podcast. Pleasure as always, buddy. That was a... Hell of an intro. Yep, these uh, they're getting bigger and better every single week. And oh, now, but- ladies and gentlemen, for your main event of the evening, hailing from Timbuk Buck Two Inbred, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> He weighs in tonight at an astonishing two and a half children and represents the white trash of middle America. Jeremy, I just had sex with Dollar General Miller. First of booze is incredible. Drink it in. Drink it in the Dollar General. Drink it in. I don't Currently, want to do that. as it seems, he's in not? Bill Gates' panic room as well. No idea what that's all about, but he's in there for a reason. And from, from what I hear, if Facebook is to be believed as the most factual uh, situation when it comes to COVID-19, which, by the way, I do have, which makes it even more astounding. I was just able to throw out that fucking intro without dying. Um, yeah, apparently, according to Facebook, uh, Bill Gates wants most of us dead. Um, because that is to be believed on a daily basis. But conspiracy theories abound. It's time to talk about my favorite other conglomerate that's trying to murder all the people, and that is Disney. Um, WWE and Disney have signed their first deal together, ladies and gentlemen. Disney has agreed to an exclusive agreement that will see them carry the WWE Network in Indonesia, according to Sports Business Journal. The deal will make the WWE Network available on Disney Plus Hotstar (laughs) beginning this Sunday, January 30th, with the Royal Rumble event. That takes place the day before. Unlucky Indonesia. Quite a day for it, you bastards. So, yeah, they get wiped out by a fucking tsunami. And then Vince McMahon's like, yeah, I'll make them wait 24 hours for the Rumble because that seems fair. This is the first actual deal between WWE and Disney. But the two entertainment giants have 
already established working relationships. Uh, WWE previously signed deals with Fox in Latin America, which were inherited by Disney as part of its 2019 acquisition of Fox Entertainment assets. Um, does this open up, Carl Wilkinson, uh, the floodgates, so to speak? Do you think that this could potentially be a lucrative, lucrative windfall for WWE in the long term? I mean, doing anything with Disney is going to make you money because Disney is the biggest thing in the world. It has been, I mean, probably my entire life. And now getting the network onto Disney Plus is genius because you, you try and aim to, to the younger kids, right? You, you catch, hook them when they're young and you've got them for life. It's I still watch crack. it. Disney is the crack of our generation. It's even worse than crack. But, I don't know. The Will <laughs> brothers would certainly disagree with that statement <laughs> because they love to smack it up, don't they? Uh, oh. <clears throat> but yeah, no, you, please continue. Hook, hook the kids now, and they'll watch forever. Look, that, that's what happened with us. We were all watching it. Uh, hi, mom. We were, uh, we we're, uh, we got hooked, and then Kyle's mom we still watch it. Podcast. We yes, still watch indeed, it, even though it sucks. Phenomenal. A lot of the time, it sucks. So we just watch it anyway because. You know, fucking grr, get us. And this is fucking incredible because Disney Plus is a lot cheaper than Peacock, I could imagine. Maybe per month as opposed to like yearly. That it could just be by monthly be much more accessible. I think Peacock's five dollars a month though, isn't it? Like in America. Oh, I don't need Peacock. I can still have a network because I don't suck. So ah! I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> One yeah, panel what? in this room is highly offended by the concept. Uh, Jeremy Never. Miller, obviously being white and American, Disney is pretty much your third right. So how do you feel about them tipping up with WWE? <laughs> I like it because now, you know how UFC is on ESPN all the time. Yeah. If WWE can get ESPN to put WWE programming on like ESPN Plus or on actual ESPN, that would be huge for, for Vince. And then they won't have to worry about USA Network or Fox because ESPN is probably one of the biggest freaking sports conglomerates in the world. Big word. Maybe Sky Sports might be a little bit bigger. I say Sky Sports has entered the chat. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I am um, um, <laughs> Murdoch sitting there. Oh yeah, I'll say about that, bitch. Uh, let's be honest. There's only one person in here who could potentially be a part of Disney as a legitimate character, and that's Cameron Anderson. Um, let's talk business, baby. You're starting to become an adult. What do you think about WWE? I mean, it's a small sample size. It's just Indonesia. Do we think that when you're still, you know, able to enjoy your youth, and we're all dead and long gone from? Um, cancer, diabetes, and um, incest. <clears throat> How do you think things are going to work out for you long term? Like, do you see WWE being like a massive thing like Disney in that regard, being on Disney Plus all around the world? Um, I actually think that would be more ideal than having to get a Peacock. I already have a Disney Plus account. Uh, I don't really want Peacock to come over here. Um, it's just another thing that I have to spend money on every month. It's getting to the point where it's like we've got these streaming services now so that we don't have to pay so much for um, TV. But if we want to watch everything, we are paying more than TV. So it's not making a whole lot of sense. But what Disney character would I be? Um, that's what I'm interested in. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're hijacking the podcast now, and we will now determine <laughs> what every single member of the WrestlePlug universe is in the Disney universe. Let's start with Cameron Anderson. Who do you, who do we think Cameron Anderson would most likely be if he was a Disney character? Who's the biggest fuckboy in Disney? Ah. Um, oh, the dude from uh, Tangled. I haven't seen. Crap. It. Uh, you haven't <laughs> seen it. Voice by Zachary Levi. Oh no! Like a, Shocking. The thirty-seven-year-old Arab Prince, hasn't seen Tangled. Who? From Cinderella. Prince Philip. No, you're definitely the cool hip dog from Oliver and Company. Just thinking about why you shouldn't worry and shouldn't care. Oh, you dick! <laughs> you dick! <laughs> you're just mad you didn't come up with it first. I can see when Cameron gets older. I reckon it'll be the really obnoxious. Um, prince that turns up in Robin Hood. You know when they do the archery contest and there's that big, fat, obnoxious guy sat next to him? I, I think he could end up being that, but I just can't see Cameron Anderson being anything but shredded the rest of his life, so that would be a problem. But I feel like maybe maybe when he bulks up a bit, Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. Ooh. Oh, man, oh, from four sweet. to five dozen eggs? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, moving on. Guys in a bard. He's big, he's bad, he's Canadian, and he's diabetic. Who is Carl Wilkinson in the Disney Universe, boys? Goofy. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I could be Olaf from Frozen. Just for Canada and Snow. Character in general, I don't know if it counts as Disney, but it's the sad robot from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, Wally. I could be sad, Wally. Oh, Wally's wonderful, though. He's so, like... Yeah, yeah, like you, I love it. Your heart, like, Wally. You'd be like Wally if he became slightly corrupted. Like, if oh, he yeah. Virus, that's what you'd be. <laughs> but, like, I Just like the crazy. idea because, intrinsically, he's he's so lovely and you want him around, but he's so unbelievably miserable 90% of the time. But he's also a realist. Everything he says is based in fact. So I kind of would go with the robot from Hitchhikers, but I don't know if that classifies as Disney because I don't, I don't know if the rights to that at all. Um, if we're going traditional... <sighs> mm. I'd, well, I'd like to say Aladdin just because like, it's my favourite, like, but I'm in no way that athletic. I can't parkour. Are you kidding me? Also, you are literally the whitest man in here other than Jeremy Miller. I mean, this is... It is quite a scale of white, to be fair, around me. It's quite impressive. I just, I feel like the Crusades have begun again. Um, <laughs> quick, hide yeah. the dried fruit. Um, and I'll win. Like John Smith. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. um, hey, I, have, I personally haven't done anything to those natives, okay? All right. Well, Jeremy Miller is in the group chat. Who do we think Jeremy Miller would most represent in Disney? Probably yeah, Bonsai from the now, Lion boy. King. Definitely Bonsai from the Lion King, like the most absolutely dumb of the hyenas. He does I'm look a one. bit like a hyena, doesn't he? <laughs> he does look like if he started cacking <laughs> He just looks like he'd fucking just, he looks like he would wait for all the other hyenas to finish and then he'd like skulk around the bones looking for any delectable treats that are remaining. <laughs> is there a, I was is gonna there a say, character? He'd probably be like one of the Aristocats or something, bin dipping or some shit. Yeah, no, the, the butler from Aristocats trying to get <laughs> no. the fucking cats out of there. Just oh, trying try no. to, try no. to kill these cats to get no inheritance money. Fun Miller. <laughs> I was going to say Mark Wazowski. <laughs> Who are you going to say? Uh, Mike Wazowski. <laughs> Mike Wazowski. Oh, wow. Or the old woman that says Mike Wazowski. 
<laughs> my what from uh, Monsters Inc. Yeah, so you've yeah. got that one. All right, well, you can have at it now. Chance to rinse the host. Who do you think I represent best? And if anyone says Aladdin, they're a racist piece of shit. The <laughs> salt is from Aladdin. I mean, the one, the one that's fat and stupid gets taken over by his fucking vizier. That's not great. Yeah, but at least I get yes, the taste power. Uh, I could say King Triton, but he doesn't look like a fish. I like like how you said that, like it was a real stretch. Like he he just doesn't look quite enough like a (laughs) fish. (laughs) Like I've got some reason. I've noticed Cameron Anderson eerily quiet during this segment because he knows that I have to drive him to a multitude of different wrestling shows. So he's just like, (laughs) there's something really good for fuck's sake. I mean, I, I guess I was thinking. I think it's Sully. <laughs> Sully would be a good one for him. I love Sully. I used to have a huge Sully toy somewhere. I don't know where it's gone, like a plaster or something. I think I gave it to charity or something. But yeah, I do like Sully. So <laughs> what's really funny is that makes me and Miller like comedy pals. <laughs> Can you imagine me and Miller? Miller keeps disappearing. I'm so glad. This is why we don't put it. By the way, right? Robbie Nitro's listening, okay? Now, we should go ahead and just ask the question while we've got the opportunity. We asked our fans um, to send in questions and opinions on the week's wrestling, and all we got was Frankie T asking, how many potatoes do you think Robbie Nitro is made up of? Um, (laughs) I mean, it's just one big one, isn't it? I mean... Yeah, like, it, hmm, what kind, I mean, a better question would have been what sort of potato, but it's definitely a baked potato, isn't it? Can you, can you imagine if he ever gets stoned, we could be all over him as the baked potato. It would be <laughs> phenomenal. Like, just brilliant. You're Robbie Nitro, I know you're listening, because I know you haven't got a life. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, man, get, let's get stoned. Cameron Anderson, you, you can't see this. By the way, the reason I brought up Robbie Nitro is because he said to me, why don't you guys have more video content for this podcast that you do? And the reason for that is because right now, one of the screens has a big fat purple J on it because some (laughs) fucking inbred brick from the United States just keeps disappearing. Because right now he's probably fucking doing the old Dollar General horizontal Monster Inc. match, if you know what I mean. So I'm putting the uh, Ryan Gosling pick. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, Jay, Jake Hollister has officially claimed that for the rest of time <laughs> I want to do a podcast with Jake Hollister an hour and a half interview where I just sit there asking him questions and it's just the picture and no response I'll just go uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh and just try and ad-lib the whole thing um, shout out to Jake Hollister by the way right well Jeremy Miller has okay. currently disappeared Vince McMahon is making deals with Disney so let's move on to the next Topic of discussion. Sami Zayn has re-signed with WWE. Former WWE Intercontinental Champion Sami Zayn was a guest on this week's Le Antipod de la Lutte by TVA Sports. The show is hosted by wrestling historian and French-speaking Quebecer Pat Laprade, legend in his own right. Zayn confirmed that he had indeed signed a new contract with WWE. Yes, it's true, Sammy revealed. Honestly, I don't know how people on the internet find this kind of information, but yes, it's true. I just signed for a few years and I'm really happy. My contract was almost over. They were interested in me staying. I wanted to stay, so it was no more complicated than that. It's not the first time I've said it, but I'm really happy with my role with the company in recent years, especially the last year and a half. I'm doing the best job of my career, especially in terms of my character. 
I don't know why people were really surprised. They have an idea in their heads that everyone in WWE is unhappy being there, unhappy with their role, that they want more, feel oppressed, or I don't know what. For me, I'm really happy with my role, and I can't wait to see what I'm going to be able to do in the next few years. In recent weeks, Sami Zayn has introduced the WWE Universe to his insane show, where he tries to outdo Jackass star Johnny Knoxville, and he stunts in the ring on SmackDown. And of course, Zayn and Knoxville are in a pretty decent rivalry. I mean... You know what? Say what you want, but if you're the guy who's been picked to be in a rivalry with the movie star, whether you like it or not, Jackass is a big deal. More people are going to watch Jackass than watch the Rumble. I can guarantee you that. And, you know, he's the guy who gets to work with him. That's pretty fucking cool. And that's... I always think when WWE do that, whether you might end up eating shit, for instance, you know, The Miz and John Morrison got to work with Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. They don't get to be in the ring with him unless they're fucking great ring hands who can look after him. But that's also quite a big deal. You got to share the ring with a massive, massive star in popular contemporary culture. Um, so, you know what? Sami Zayn proving that it's not always the Mustafa Ali side of things. It can be the other side of things. Sometimes people actually do enjoy this system and they like working in it. And he obviously loves his character development. And for him, he's probably thinking... I've done all the 30-minute bangers and the great wrestling matches. Now I want to be more of a character. I want to see what I can do entertainment-wise. And he's doing a good job of that. Carl Wilkinson, you're Canadian. Sami Zayn is your brethren. You love Kevin Owens, who, of course, is intrinsically linked with Sami Zayn. Is it a good career move for him to stay in WWE? I think it is. Like, well, I think the time has passed for me personally where I'd like to see him do more. Like, I don't think he's ever going to be a WWE champion. I just, I don't. It's a crying shame, but that ship has long mm-hmm. since sailed. But I've never had more fun watching him than I do right now. Like before they changed his theme music, which is criminal, by the way, just the way he would obnoxiously dance down during like his ska punk thing was the best thing in the entire fucking world. And now like, it's still great. And all this, all this jackass shit is hilarious. It's weird. We're talking about jackass in 2022 though, isn't it? Right. Fuck me. Who's going to watch it? Who's going to watch a new jackass film? I mean, I'll probably go see it. I'll be honest I'll, with I'll you. I just yeah. like watching the idiots. You, of all people, shaking your head. You've got skateboards behind you and everything. You look like Bam Margera's incestual fucking son. Do not be giving me all that nonsense. <laughs> you look like you are primed and ready for some jackass, baby. That is nonsense. Cameron Anderson, seeing as you disagree so harshly, are you disappointed that Sami Zayn has re-signed? No. All right, moving on. <laughs> right, cool story, bro. Fuck. God, he is so desperate to look after his wrestling career, isn't he? He will not say anything contentious, this one. You must, you must like, I mean, do you enjoy Sami Zayn as he is right now, Cam? Or do you prefer Sami Zayn, who was the wrestling machine, having 30-minute classics? Uh, honestly, I, I just feel like it's a lot of fun, like his role now. Like recently, um, he's had some really like fun things to sink his teeth into. Uh, thing with Brock Lesnar, uh, just the fact that like Logan Paul was involved in that WrestleMania match uh, and just got beat up by Kevin yeah. Owens, I thought was quite funny. Um, the IC title run, like he's had like some good things to sink his teeth into. I just feel like when we look back, we are going to see the positives uh, over the negatives. All right, well, we can't really tell because he's got just one of those faces, which is, of course, a product of inbreeding. But Jeremy Miller, he obviously has an opinion of some sort. Oh, he's getting it tonight, isn't he? Bless him. 
Sami Zayn, Jeremy Miller, you've watched wrestling for a long time. You've seen Sami Zayn's entire career in the mainstream unfold. Are you happy that he's re-signed with WWE? Or do you wish no. he'd gone to your beloved AEW? No, I think Sami would be good in Impact, if anything. Because honest to God, Sami re-signing with WWE, they're just going to use him as a sideshow piece again. When in NXT, he was a wrestling machine. In Ring of Honor, he was an absolute crazy man. You know, some of the ladder wars that he had with Kevin Steen and other people. Just I believe that was El Generico, not Sami Zayn. They're in no way related. God. It really annoys yeah. me that people make this. It's just stupid, isn't it? Like, get your facts right. Clearly different wrestlers. Like, just poor. Very poor. I'm upset. Oh, I am. Okay. Also, I think if you look at, um, you know, El Generico and Sami Zayn's career separately, El Generico has already been there. He's done all, like, the amazing wrestling matches. Like, we can still go back and enjoy those. Like, he can do his kind of sillier stuff now. Well, if he ever bothers to return, he can still have those matches as well. But Sami Zayn's already doing good things for himself in WWE. So, But I see your point. I do. <clears throat> anyway, speaking I, I, of... Sorry, go ahead. Right, carry on, Jeremy Miller. What you got to say? I was just going to say that Sammy deserves better than to be a sideshow piece. He deserves to be in that main spotlight. Like Cam was saying, you know, his Intercontinental title run was pretty good. You know, when he was NXT champion, he was good. But you will never, in the entire time at WWE, you'll never see him as a Universal or a WWE champion. And that is sad because he has the potential to be a world champion. You see, I hear this argument a lot. My counterpoint to this is, if every single person that we believe has the potential to be WWE or Universal Champion becomes that, then all of a sudden, we completely water down what it means to be a world champion. So, you know, for instance, look at the past WWE champions of the last couple of years. Like, okay, The Miz won it as a kind of transition. We had Drew McIntyre. We've had Bobby Lashley. We've had Brock Lesnar. Big E. Do we consider Sami Zayn to be on that level? I think he's better than Big E and uh, Bobby. That's ballsy. <laughs> I want to see you walk up to Bobby Lashley's face and say that, innit? I want you to guard Bobby Lashley and just say, just so you know, Sami Zayn, that skinny little dweeb over there, that Canadian fruitcake over there, he'll fuck your ass up. <laughs> That'd be so funny. I mean, the thing with Sami is he's quick. And Bobby's... He, he's Are you trying cool. to tell me Bobby Lashley and Biggie aren't quick? Have you not seen the way Lesnar moves? It is quite literally like a Mack truck at full speed. It is terrifying. Like, and also, I've seen him catch Sami Zayn. I just think, I get it, and I, I, I've got no problem with your point, because I think Sami Zayn is a wonderful wrestler, and he definitely deserves great things. But everyone, like, for me, wrestling isn't about necessarily everyone deserving the opportunity to be champion. Like, it's, it's this whole idea of, like, wrestling's all-inclusive. Sure, anyone can train to be a wrestler. Anyone can have the opportunity to be a wrestler, right? Me and Cameron Anderson train to be wrestlers. We work in the wrestling business. That doesn't mean that we are automatically qualified just because we work hard to win the title every time we turn up at a show. 
Like there are places for people. There are spots for people. For me, it's a much bigger deal that Kevin Owens hasn't been, you know, in a prominent position, although he did win the Universal Championship. It just feels like such an afterthought, that reign. But like, I just don't feel like it's a bad thing that Sami Zayn, like if he goes to AEW, is he going to win the AEW world title? No. Of course he isn't. <clears throat> I've, got, I've got a point. Sorry. I think, yeah, like what you're saying. Get with his hand up. <laughs> sir, sir, I have thought, sir. <laughs> you, sir. <laughs> Please, sir. No, no, no. opinions, sir. He really is from Oliver. <laughs> no, realistically, though, um, I think if we look back and think about people who haven't held the championship, I'm not looking back at, like, Mr. Perfect and being like, oh, I can't appreciate his career because he never was a champ. Like, it's still great. So I don't, I don't think it matters that much, no. Like, no, you don't I, need a world title for a legacy. Like Mr. Perfect, you say Roddy Piper is my favorite example. Still had an incredible career. I think he only had like one championship win in WWE ever. He was Intercontinental Champion once. Yep. Yep. <coughs> it's the thing is, right? I don't think it's fair to measure someone's quality of work and their greatness based on whether they won a certain title or not in a sport where it's predetermined whether you win that belt or not. So for me, it's not a case of the belt doesn't mean anything because for me, what the belt signifies for anyone, regardless of whether you work at the bottom end of the scale or we do or on the very big mainstream scale, someone puts a belt on you of any kind, what that does is they're saying, I have enough respect for you as a person, a character, a wrestler, and a worker that you can represent my company in some form or fashion. That's what makes that such a big deal, not necessarily the belt itself. The belt doesn't mean anything itself. It's always been about who carries it. The belt is important from the perspective of to the fans. That's what it should be, in my opinion. That's quite kayfabe shattering, and I know that'll upset some proper hardcore veterans, but ultimately the belt is only as good as the person who's carrying it. And yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, actually, it's quite funny because Dirty Dave said a similar thing when uh, I took the 24-7 title off him. How do you feel about... Let's just get into that quickly while we've got a chance because you never really get a chance to really expand on it. The knobs, right? Like, I'm kind of indifferent. I don't really care. Like, they're not on my radar. I'm not bothered. The only guy I get on with well is Kenway. Let's be real. Kenway's more on the WND side of things than he is the knobs. They're having fun with their silly little group. I'll let them run around do their thing. For you, seems like you're embroiled in quite a personal rivalry, particularly with Dirty Dave Dennis, Ebenezer the Geezer, even Sensational Simon taking little cheap shots on social media. You got anything particular you want to say to these boys? Yeah, I actually do. Um, I, I was planning on bringing this up later because it's going to tie in. Um, but at the same time, it, it doesn't matter. It still makes my blood boil. It took three of them to eliminate me from the CWP Rumble. Three men. There's one of me. And then there's Cruz. That's, that's one and a half on our team. So realistically, mm-hmm. it, it just pisses me off. It took three of them. We know Simon's great. Like Dirty Dave, I think he's wily and people don't give him enough credit. And Ebenezer, like, I've, I had respect for him. Not anymore. Like, they're three great guys, but it took three of them to beat me. So when it comes down to us maybe having a match in the future, what's going to happen there? Because if it comes down to a one-on-one situation, they know they're in trouble because it took three of them last time. So what's it going to take this time? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, you know what, you won't get an argument from me on that point. Like, I don't really dislike the knobs at all. I'm particularly a big fan of Sensational Simon, but I, um, you know, I, I did watch the footage. I mean, I was there recording it because obviously Mr. Potato, it doesn't deem me good enough to actually wrestle, probably because I lopped his big fat ass out of the last rumble. But the reality is that 
you know, you've got a crazy amount of potential and it does seem to feel like the knob zoned in on that. They seem slightly intimidated by that. And you mentioned Cruz, old half wrestler himself. With all due respect to that little fucking pumpkin. Like, he didn't help you out, I noticed. He had no interest in fucking coming down and helping you. This whole bromance thing, like... Just saying, mate, I think you're above that. I think you've got much bigger fish to fry. I mean, you're on an international scale here. You're on a big platform. You're sat next to a screen that keeps losing its fucking member for no apparent reason. You know, I, I just feel like there's a lot of disrespect here. And I feel like you're carrying the bottom half of the screen, as always, when you should really be in the top half of the screen with the real OGs, man. That's where you should be hanging out because you put in oh, the work. So, I have a lot to say. And that me saying, oh, that's what Dirty Dave said. That was just a little bit. I, I just fucking took it from him. There's nothing he could have done about that. And also, can I just quickly address the free time thing? Can I just quickly address that? Because if you review the footage, if you look at the second reign, I lose it by submission, right? A blood hold. He literally cut off blood to my brain. I just don't remember that second reign. I'm sorry, guys. It's, it's just gone. That's I can see it now in the footage, but I don't know. It's just not there anymore. That explains very well why. I mean, I'll tell you what. He's a, the only thing that's more amazing than you holding a title four times on one evening, which is an astounding achievement, is the ability to somehow transform yourself, completely transport yourself from Bill Gates' panic room to another vehicle. Absolutely. <laughs> but this kind of level, seriously, it's like The Undertaker has tipped up in the chat, but he somehow lost 200 pounds and he's from Kentucky instead. But, you know, it is what it is. Jeremy Miller, what in fuck's name are you doing, you unprofessional shite bag? Um, I am professionally going to get my wife from work and then pick up another co worker so they can come to work so I don't have to be here anymore. So Jeremy, I'm, I'm here. I'm here to quick threesome in the car. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, co-worker. <laughs> That's what I'm calling them when I invite them to Shay LZ. <laughs> that is outrageous. All right. Well, Jeremy Miller's going to bounce in and out, I suspect, ladies and gentlemen, and probably make my life very difficult from an editing standpoint. So it'll probably just be audio as per usual. Um, but hopefully, you'll actually stay in the fucking screen at least. Um, so sorry, I had a people were rushing in my freaking store. My only have excuses. One... I only have one cashier. Mm-hmm. You only have one After... cashew. Yeah, Who's cashier. Who's buying cashew nut? Like, who comes into Dollar General and goes, hmm, I'll tell you what, I really want some nuts. You got any cashews? Uh, yeah, yeah, we've got no, no, cashew. Oh, well, yeah, you can have a cashew. Yeah, no. How much would you charge for one cashew nut? Dollar. Um, well, seeing as Normally they come in a can of like can? thirty-two ounces. What is it yes. with cans? Who puts nuts in a can? I mean, I nope. I'm not. Cans going are there. for soup. Cans are for beer and for soda and for drinking. Cans are not for nuts. Do you put just because your nuts are in a tin can on your mantelpiece does not mean that we have to eat nuts from a can, sir. Carl Wilkinson is very quiet. Carl Wilkinson, how do you buy your nuts? I mean, in tins, not in fucking cans. T- tins, tins of nuts. Get Cameron Anderson, back me up here. This must be a British thing. We don't, we don't eat fucking cans I mean, there's, of nuts. There's also bags. We have bags of nuts. Yeah, bags are like the traditional format. Yeah, like oh yeah. Locked. Airbag. I'm I'm furious about this. Tin can. This is why <laughs> baby seals are dying. <laughs> Because Jeremy Miller eats cashews in a metallic tin like the I scum don't eat cashews. 
Hold on. I'm having nut allergy. I can't eat cashews. I sell them. I'll There's tell you difference. why he doesn't have an allergy to, and that's these nuts. Am I I knew it was coming. Son of a bitch. I knew it was coming. Only you should have kept your mouth closed. <laughs> uh, uh, how, does the, how does the can of nuts work? It's just like, oh, let me just enjoy a nice... Uh, Right, come on, man. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna. I'll tell you what, I'm gonna go down to the my local store and I'm gonna open up a big old fat can of whoop ass and peanuts. Have you never had beer nuts? It came in an actual can, you popped it open like a beer, and it was nuts. Why don't you just have like every fucking great pub on earth a nice little dish of nuts next to said pint of beer? Unnecessary. Oh, he's he's fucking dead, ladies and gentlemen. The peanut hour at the wrestle club. Um, Kyle O'Reilly on rooting for AEW to kick ass against WWE NXT. AEW tag team Red Dragon recently appeared on the Talk Is Jericho podcast. Haven't listened to it yet. Carl Wilkinson, you're big on Kyle O'Reilly. Have you listened to this? No, I don't listen to Talk Is Jericho because Jericho's a fucking tool. Yes, he is. He's also an anti-vaxxer, so fuck him. Yeah, um, fuck that guy. No time yeah, luckily, for that. Luckily, we don't have anti-vaxxers on this podcast. <clears throat> no, none of them. Uh, oh, you just fucking peanuts in a can. I thought it was so cool that it was back to two shows going head-to-head, said O'Reilly. It felt like back in 98 when it was the Monday Night Wars, and now we are part of it on Wednesday. Then on the other channel is guys that we came up with within this business that we are rooting for. We were rooting for AEW to kick ass because that elevated our game, and I know our game being elevated would elevate your guys' game. It was a back-scratching scenario of just trying to put out the best shows we possibly could, and I think the winners were the fans, man. In the end, it was NXT that moved away to Tuesday, night however Kyle O'Reilly didn't think of it as NXT losing to AEW I mean it is what it is it wasn't like admitting defeat that was a night and day change he said on the NXT rebrand that happened like overnight the next time we came to TV everything was different we were all changing um Jeremy Miller AEW fan anything there irk you about what Kyle O'Reilly said do you, do you like this idea that he wanted um, AEW to be good because it would elevate his game or do you think he should have just been open and honest enough I, to say yo I wanted them to get fucking buried because fuck the opposition honestly I think it was I, I don't have any problems with his comments because that's pretty much what the Monday Night Wars were and the Wednesday I put this in quotes because it really wasn't a war um, war yeah, because it was a war, was know, a war like Uganda going to war with the United States. Come on, fan. Right. I W or NXT and AEW going up against each other was good, but one had to move because either one was suffer or neither one were getting good. So when NXT went to Tuesdays, of course, you know, now you've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You know, everybody's watching wrestling every week or every day of the week now. So do I think that the Wednesday Night Wars was a good thing? Yes, because it did. You look at some of the cards that they had between each other. You had Adam Cole and Keith Lee going, you know, title for title. When on the other show, you had, what was it, Kenny Omega going up against Shima or something like that. Like, who's that guy? Never heard of him. Yeah, exactly. You know, strong hearts. But I was talking about the first one. Oh, oh, that one. Uh, yeah. 
that curly head fuck. Ah, sorry. You don't believe that. I don't believe that. That he's a curly head fuck? Yes, I do. I can't stand Kenny right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. And that's come from one of their biggest fans. He loves it. He watches it weekly and he doesn't like Kenny Omega. See, it's not about hating AEW. It's about hating things that just aren't that fucking good in the first place or not as good as they used to be in Japan. That's how we deal with things. Cameron Anderson, um, any uh, issues with Cop? I mean, I personally don't really care that much. I don't think it's that inflammatory, but some people are suggesting that he shouldn't want the opposition to be as good as it could. Basically, people are being sensitive and being upset about Carlo writing what he said. Yeah, that's kind of just silly, isn't it? Because even I just see like other people doing great things in wrestling and then it makes me want to do even better. So that's just how it's always is. That's how it's always going to be. Is that you see the people that you aspire to be like and you try and emulate that. So I don't know. I don't think there was anything wrong with what he said. I think he kind of nailed it on the head. Carl Wilkinson, name... Your name is Carl. You are Canadian. You are diabetic. You and Carl O'Reilly are basically soulmates at this point. Um, uh-huh. <clears throat> obviously, whatever Carl says is gospel. Uh, yeah. Do you agree with what he had to say about the Wednesday night wars? Kyle O'Reilly is a fan of wrestling. If one show is good and it forces the other to be better, that's just better wrestling for everyone involved. So, yeah, there's no problem with it. Absolutely no problem. Well, I'm glad you mentioned fans of professional wrestling because there is no bigger fan of professional wrestling than formerly known as Braun Strowman, Adam Scher, who says he stands by social media comments he posted last year that drew the ire of some fans, even other professional wrestlers. Um, he might, you might remember he made headlines last March for his post on how other pro wrestlers responding to the COVID-19 pandemic. I still believe in it, Cher told CBSSports.com. In my opinion, people took it out of context. Did it age terribly? Absolutely. I made that comment months before the lockdown, before all of this stuff. Of course, everybody ran wild with it and tried to make more out of it than it really was for the clickbait. The headlines last March were spurred by an online interaction between Adam Cher and AEW's Evil Uno. Uno had urged his followers on social media to support independent wrestlers in any way that they could. Adam Sher responded in a tweet that he later deleted where he said, here we go with more of the somebody pay for my bill stuff. Uh, if you can't afford to pay your bills, maybe you should change professions. That's why I quit Strongman. I loved it, but I couldn't afford to live. So instead of making a GoFundMe or a Patreon, etc., etc., uh, and then he just kind of went on a rant about how essentially... He had, you know, a really tough life and a small car and things. And he went and found a new job where he could afford to pay for his bills. And uh, wrestlers shouldn't take, um, you know, money from fans as a way of basically keeping themselves afloat in difficult times. And he still stands by that today. Now, Carl Wilkinson obviously is a huge fan of Braun Strowman. So we'll head to him first. Uh, What do you think about big old Brawny's comments as he returns to wrestling for Ring of Honor for one show. I also, by the way, love the hilarious irony that he turned up for the last show of Ring of Honor, not the first. He was like, yo, I'm here to stay. And they're like, yeah, we're done for four months now, pal. Okay, I'll just go and fucking cook a meal or something then, I guess. Uh. All the muscle he puts on his body, body, excuse me, is clearly taken away from his brain. Like, I don't... I I just don't understand... And I don't have the patience to understand. Do you think there's any um, truth to those comments? Do you think independent wrestlers should have more respect for themselves and go and get a job? Or do you think it's okay for them to say, hey, you know, like, because 
I didn't have a problem with Eva Luno saying support independent wrestlers. Like, if you like an independent wrestler, you should be buying their T-shirt anyway. You should be buying their merch. You should be supporting yeah. them. So that doesn't bother me. However, setting up a GoFundMe because you're like, yo, I can't afford to pay the bills because of lockdown is a bit different because it's not like me and you, for instance, as normal people had the opportunity to just cash in our jobs and do that. We still had to go to work. So do you think there was some kind of truth in that, even if you don't like the kind of theme of what Braun Strowman had to say? It's not that what he said was wrong. It's that it's how he went about saying it. Time is everything, isn't it? Yeah. And the man clearly has no concept of a clock. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Cameron Anderson, you know, young guy, independent wrestler. Obviously, I'm kind of winding down in terms of the more athletic side of things, but you, you're just gearing up to it. Um, Is this something you would consider doing out of curiosity? If you were in this position, if you were struggling, if wrestling was your full-time position, right, and this is where you made your money, and then something like this happened, and it jeopardized your ability to make money, I know it's not the case because you're a very smart man with a job and you've looked after yourself on that side of things, um, do you think that what Braun Strowman said carries some sort of validity and truth? Um, yeah, is it is it a hot take to say that from a certain point of view, I do agree with what Braun Strowman said? Because, oh, yeah. like, in a way, you're right. Like, starting up just, like, a Patreon, um, a GoFundMe, like, at the end of the day, everyone else, like, there's people in way worse situations that just kind of have to make by because they're, you know, just everyday people that don't have followings. Like, uh, like, it does my head in because I see, like, like, fair enough, starting a Patreon. But when I see, like, an Amazon wish list, that really just does my nut because it's like you know exactly what you're doing you're just trying to all the money out of the fans so like what's the point like like what you said about if you are you know supporting a a wrestler buy a t-shirt for example and i feel it's up to the wrestlers to make sure that there's good quality in their merch you know good unique designs um, you know, spend a little bit of money on the designs to make sure that they are fantastic so that more people buy them because that's that's the trade is that you get a little bit of the wage of money and the fans get a high quality piece of merch that they can that you know they can wear to the shops and not look like a total dweeb. So that's my opinion on it. Jeremy Miller, thoughts on Ron Strowman's comments? Do they hold up well? Do you think in a more post kind of, well, not post pandemic, but, you know, we've, we've adjusted to the scenario more so as mankind, at least in the, you know, the more first world sort of countries. Do you think that his uh, argument actually carries weight? Um, I, I agree with you. If you're trying to, you know, support a wrestler independent or whatever, buy a t-shirt. You know, that's a good way to support. But I also agree into the sense of if you're out there and you're trying to, you know, ask people to pay for your bills, that's a bit of an issue for me. Um, This entire pandemic, other than two months when everything was locked down in the state of Ohio, I worked every day. I earned my paycheck properly. If you're in a job and you can't pay your bills, then you need to find something that will. And asking the fans to do it for you is a little bit of a a stretch. You know, by all means, throw out merch, 
make create new shirts, new whatever. Say, if you want to help me, support support me, you know, buy my merch. That's fine. But saying, hey guys, I'm starting to go fund me because I can't afford my car payment because you know I decided to get one before the pandemic hit and it's pretty expensive now. No. <laughs> I don't care who you are, but you notice that some of these independent wrestlers started, you know, OnlyFans, so they were able to take care of their own bills that way too. So I mean, I don't I'd know. Say even even with OnlyFans, at least like the fact the fans actually Thinking get something, something from that. Like, that is very like, true. You do you do get something out of that. So it, I'd say it's better than a GoFundMe. I, I I agree with what Miller was saying because, like, realistically, I I think the reason why Braun Strowman's comments got like so hated is because that wrestling is everyone's dream that they want to do. But suppose I was just working like a shitty shitty job that I hated and I wasn't getting paid enough. Everyone would be saying find something where you can get more money. So again, it's just I think it's just because wrestling is this dream for a lot of people. Uh, that's that's where people got pissed off because he's saying sort of don't follow your dreams but at the same time it's a time where that dream isn't viable so uh, as always with these arguments it comes down to sensibility <clears throat> and of course the internet has none um what braun Strowman said is actually factually correct the timing and the way in which he replied was nonsensical because Eva Luno wasn't saying, hey, there's a load of homeless wrestlers right now who can't earn any money, so you need to go and give your money freely to their GoFundMe pages. It's not what he was saying. He was saying support them in a tough time because that T-shirt sale might make the difference. You know, So if you, were, you like them anyway, buy a T-shirt. You know, That's a different kind of perspective. And again, it's all about having perspective on your arguments. What Braun Strowman said is completely factual. I am not interested in supporting you if you're not trying to support yourself that's how i've always worked um case in point during the pandemic like so i predominantly make my money um from a multitude of different facets of the wrestling industry and of course independent sort of payments and things like that now if that goes down for whatever reason that's up to me that's my responsibility as a human being to cover my bills um it is not up to people who watch me to support me just because my and also let's be real the reason he was attacked is because he was working for wwe at the time and he's making a lot of money if he's not working for wwe if he's just some fucking guy on the ring of honor roster or impact or whatever it is and he's only earning a basic wage for whatever reason we're not having this conversation we're certainly not making it such a sensationalist thing actually what braun Strowman said is correct because you know what it's really unpopular but the reality is, it is. I talk about this all the time to people. The key word in life to me is responsibility. It is your responsibility to look after your own. It is your, and by the way, um, this is going to really upset people, okay? Especially if you've got kids, right? It's your fucking responsibility to look after your kids, not mine, all right? If your shitty little gobshite kid walks in front of the Queen's Garden and gets run over, guess whose responsibility that is? It's yours to make sure it doesn't. It ain't the fucking world's responsibility to look after your shit. Look after your own, right? Don't fucking come crying to me all the time about stuff like that. Do you know what? Ain't nobody giving me a handout during the pandemic when I'm fucking living on my ass, which I had to for about a year and a half. Okay, I didn't have 
the shoe job. I had to go out and I had to fucking work hard to stay afloat. It was fucking tough. At no point did you see Aaron Nix's GoFundMe page, because how fucking arrogant is that to basically say to people, yo, I'm not going to give you anything in return, but I want you to keep my dream afloat for me? Absolutely not. The reason they're my dreams is because they are just that. They're my dreams. It's my responsibility to chase my dreams. And the fact that I'm successful now is because I continue to graft and work hard. It's got nothing to do with the handouts that I was given along the way. I'm very blessed in a way because I had to really graft and nobody gave me a fucking handout. I had to work so hard. It took me five years just to get one opportunity to walk in the door and show people I could actually create something cool. And luckily it spiraled from there. Um, I take umbrage with certain people, certain wrestlers who basically are too fucking lazy to get a real job or support themselves properly who don't want to give back. OnlyFans, you're giving a product back, no problem. Same with Patreon, <clears throat> same with any kind of merchandise. <laughs> but if you're literally just out there saying, give me money because I'm too fucking lazy to work, fuck you. Like, <laughs> do you know what? There's actually state benefits for that. Not ashamed to say I've been on state benefits. Like, that's what it's there for. That's what it's there for. It's not fantastic. Nobody's saying it's great. Nobody's saying that it works actually over here in particular. It's not actually enough to survive on. But it's something, okay? Like, until the job market is, you know, less volatile before you can get a job. You just got to suck it up, I'm afraid. Sometimes it is about being tough. I think we've moved into a generation now where it's, it's so soft that people think they're entitled to shift their responsibility to somebody else and it's their problem and it's fucking not whether it's your kids whether it's your bills <clears throat> even whether it's your health carl wilkinson's responsibility as a diabetic is to fucking go and get his insulin okay it is not someone else's responsibility to give it to him he has to go and get it because if he doesn't he is jeopardizing his health his health is his priority therefore is also his responsibility this is what called being an adult is about and i am tired of uber lefty fucking melts crying a river on twitter about it saying oh he, uh, he doesn't respect the fact that i've got anxiety or depression fuck you i've got anxiety and depression i come out here every fucking day and use it as a device to garner sympathy via finances that is a really weak disposition to put yourself in and it shows that you are a coward there is nothing wrong with being weak, mentally, you know, tough or mentally not so tough. You know, there's nothing wrong with any kind of weakness in terms of your stability and your anxiety and your depression. But actively not seeking or taking responsibility for that, that's where you're at fault as a human being. So ultimately, what Braun Strowman said is based entirely in fact, but of course, Let's be honest, most wrestling fans live in their mum's basements. No offense, Mr. Wilkinson, because you do have a full-time job. Not taken, not taken. <laughs> he's, the, he's the only person... It's a tough market. Has, he's the it's only a tough person. market here, okay? Yeah, especially in Canada, baby. But he's the only person who's allowed to live in his mum's basement because he does it through choice. He could move out of one. He's happy and he's comfortable at home. That's a choice because he's taking responsibility for himself. So it doesn't matter. What are you talking about? You're living at home with your... You're like 19. What's your argument? <laughs> Yeah, no, sorry. I was just sir, gonna say, sir, like, can I say something, please? <laughs> mate, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it every time. But um, I, I agree with what you're saying because there are people in our society who can't hold a job for reasons out of their control, and you know that they don't have this built-in audience that's gonna just 
go and have their back for them like the wrestlers would do. So I don't know. It's, it just seems just really unfair to me when there's people who actually cannot hold a job, um, be it for, uh, you know, ability, their disabilities or whatever. Um, and they don't have like fans that will just give them handouts. So I know you got to go. I don't know. I just don't think it's right. I'm I watching. think it down to, it comes down to one real term, and this is how I can wrap it up. I think that these people assume because they're famous that their fame will allow them to their they basically believe that they can use their fame to pay for their bills, irregardless of whether it creates cash for them or not. They believe that they've achieved a certain level of fame, therefore they are above what is basically what the rest of us have to do. And do you know what? Evil Uno himself doesn't deserve any ire because he never said at any point, go and sign up on my OnlyFans or anything like that. This is actually a guy who has a stable job and was able to work through the pandemic. He was just trying to be kind and say, hey, um, some independent wrestlers struggling to get as many bookings as they would like. Maybe buy him a T-shirt. It might help him along a bit. He wasn't saying those people are absolved from the responsibility of going and paying their bills. Um, but there are a lot of wrestlers out there that I saw, you know, getting GoFundMes and getting astonishing amounts of money. And as a person who used to be fucking homeless, it's not something that I don't like to talk about much, but I spent a stint of my life being homeless because I had no option. Um, that fucking offends me tremendously. Do you think it's okay to just rely on people who frankly aren't anything associated with you whatsoever, not family or anything, they're just fans, okay? You think it's okay to just take their mind, their money blindly and live off of that without giving them any kind of return on that investment, which is essentially what that is, that is fucking offensive to me. And I'd like to see some of these professional wrestlers live homelessly, live under a fucking bridge, go and stand at a fucking reduced counter in Morrison's like I used to do every night for an hour, hoping that you might be able to afford to buy a meal with the change in your pocket. You know, I had to work so hard to have a roof over my head now. I didn't get shit handed to me. So why should you, just because you've garnered a little bit more fame than the average Joe, like myself and my boys around me here, why should you be entitled to more? Absolutely not. If you're entitled to more, that means you have to work more. That's how entitlement should work. You're entitled to what you put in. It's as simple as that. You want a return on your investment? You want interest? Then put more fucking money in the bank. That's how that works. It's called real life. Anybody else want to have a say before I fucking lose my temper? Um, I know you brought up benefits and everything. Like I said, I worked for everything except two months because of the shutdown in the state. I was on, I've used benefits before. I, have, I was on unemployment. But there's these people that like to just use unemployment and live on it and not get a job. You know... If you're, and that's pretty much the same situation, is if you're an if you're an independent wrestler and you can't get a job for certain reasons, then by all means, you know, we get it, whatever, you know, do what you can to help. But if you're out there trying to just have people help you out and not give anything back and just live off of other people. That's not right. So, no. yeah. No. 
And uh, I asked during the pandemic for people to help out WrestleBug when it was struggling financially. I said, if people want to, um, you know, when I was struggling financially, I'm very blessed to be in a good position now. And I said to people, if you'd like to help out, please buy a T-shirt. We're not going to say donations. It's as simple as that. But we have a T-shirt store. If you enjoy our product that much, you can buy a T-shirt. A few people did. And I was incredibly thankful for that. And guess what? They got something in return for their investment. That's how That's it works. Cool. So don't come at me in the fucking comments saying I'm callous and unkind because that's not the case. Um, More more unfortunate news from wrestling, um, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, I know that Cameron Anderson, I believe, uh, brought this to my attention a little, a couple of days ago. Former WWE star Jack Gatter, real name Jack Claffy has been announced as the newest signee to Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, a Bare Knuckle Fighting promotion based out of the United Kingdom. Earlier this week, BKFC, which sounds like Burger King Football Club to me, um, <laughs> announced via their... How good is that, by the way? I am playing for them, and I'm going in goal because I am moving. <laughs> I will be the king. Yeah, I want, oh, yeah, and everyone should be named after a burger. That is amazing. In fact, that's much <laughs> yeah. better, frankly, than this article. Um, yeah, they announced via their Facebook page that Gallagher would be making his debut in mid 2022. Gallagher was released by WWE, of course, in June 2020 after he was accused of sexual assault by a woman as part of the Speaking Out movement. In the aftermath of his release, Gallagher took responsibility for his actions at a New Year's Eve party in 2014. And apologized to the woman who accused him of sexual assault. In fact, Gallagher proactively reached out to WWE Talent Relations after the allegations against him surfaced on social media. The former 205 Live star was signed by WWE in 2016, was of course part of their NXT UK development, and then he was in 205 Live as well. Jack Gallagher owns two submission victories as an amateur MMA fighter. Um, simply put, uh, let's start with you, Cameron. Um, do you have a problem with Um... Yeah, I think um, you need to take on Frankie T in a fight. Oh, boy, Frankie. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. Um, He's had I, actually, I do. I, I do have a problem Sorry. with it. Because, like... <laughs> you fucking mind? Jesus Christ. No idea what happened there. No idea. Rude Carry on, tongue. please. <laughs> All right, so... Um, yeah, as you said, like, um, he got outed and then he went to talent relations and he took responsibility... But at the same time, before that came out, he wasn't doing that. So it took it to come to public eye for him to go, okay, guys, you caught me. I'm putting my hands up. Like, it's really disingenuous in my opinion. So I don't know. It's, it's pretty, pretty odd to see him actually anywhere because I feel like in terms of speaking out, that is very cut and dry. It's very clear that there has been wrongdoing there. Yeah, I think uh, the way it's worded, where they say like, you know, oh, you know, he was proactively reaching out to WWE Talent Relations, like you say, after he was fucking caught. That's very easy to say. Uh, Jeremy Miller doing his best to make light of this situation by working the deal in Dollar General. <laughs> Lord almighty. <laughs> Meanwhile, during sexual assault allegations, Jeremy Miller has just cashed the $17 worth of tinned peanuts. Are you insane? Buy them in a bag. Um, Carl Wilkinson, it's a really unfortunate subject. Is there, is there any place <laughs> yeah, at this point... What the is going on? <laughs> what are you Mate, why is Dollar General massive? Uh, hi, whoever that is. Hello. That um, was my mom. So that's your mom. <laughs> We're talking about sexual assault allegations on a former WWE employee. And Jeremy Miller thinks, yo, here's my mom, fam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. What? I'm sorry. 
No, you, you just <laughs> Carl Wilkinson, please bring us back to some level of normality. Get us out of this fucking um, weird time loop. Jack Gallagher, what the fuck, man? On on the one hand, you can you could kind of appreciate that he's like, oh yeah, I took accountability. But like Cam said, it was only once he had already been like found out and accused. So it's like, ah, uh, if if no one had said anything, would he have said anything? Probably not. You would have just fucking climbed on the turbuckle and jumped off with that stupid umbrella. So I mean. I don't think I don't think he should be treated any different than Marty Skrull, who has been, as we all know, absolutely just blacklisted for, for the most part, I guess, because he was not in South America, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> South of the equator, shit don't matter. I don't know what you mean. But it's a surprise to see that anyone would book him, let alone like actually hire him to do that. So I mean, that's on the promoter, I guess. Good fucking luck, bud. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's it's a bad look. Like, I, like Bare Knuckle doesn't give a fuck. Like, I don't know about Bare Knuckle fighting championships reputation. I know that they had Paige Van Zandt in the American one recently, and she is a beautiful, beautiful soul in every sense. But, like... You know what? It's it's just a shitty look, and I think what makes it worse is the fact that what people are burying the lead on is the fact that Jack Gallagher basically admitted to some form of sexual assault in his statement. Okay, now I don't allegedly, obviously, I don't know the full facts, so you know, and I'm not going to because I wasn't there. But the reality is that he apologized to somebody who claimed that he sexually abused them. So if you're apologizing to that individual, that surely allegedly states that you are basically admitting to some sort of felony or some sort of offense. So the idea of people, like I've seen people in the comments say, oh, you know, he admitted to doing wrong and he owned up to it like a real man. It doesn't matter. What are you talking about? You can't just sexually abuse someone and think that's acceptable in our society. That's not how this works. So fuck Jack Gallagher. Okay, fuck bare knuckle fighting because come on, man, there are fucking hundreds of greased up jippos ready to go, but we want this fucking rapey toss piece in there, do we? Allegedly, of course. Like, it's just cheap. It's cheap and nasty, and it's not needed, and it's not like anyone is going to tune in. There's no valuable crossover here. It's not like people are like, oh my god, it's fucking jackass guy with the umbrella from two or five lots. What the fucking yeah? Like, no, nobody gives a fuck. Nobody give a fuck about him as a wrestler even when he was over here he was quite fucking under the radar he's he was a good talent no question no question at all i've worked with a number of people who worked with him said he was a great wrestler that doesn't mean shit to me i don't care if you're a good wrestler or not if you're a fucking nefarious piece of shit that is more important than whether you can execute a good snapmare shock horror so you know what maybe don't fucking hire potential rapists to your company just as a kind of, I don't know, a general consensus of law. Simple as that, really. Honest to God. Jeremy Miller continues to work the cash here. Now, before we have to put in another break, let's get on to one very quickly here. You'll love this, Cameron Anson. Roman Reigns reacts to Buddy Ray's comments on John Moxley. In a recent interview with Sports Illustrated Media Podcast, WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns addressed WWE Hall of Famer Buddy Ray's controversial remarks about John Moxley's return promo on AEW Dynamite. Um, 
I didn't actually see the take from Bubba. Good start, Reigns. <laughs> but I've seen some of the responses to it. Uh, and I look at it in kind of both perspectives. I understand what Bubba is saying. Only because I've been in these systems and worked for, you know, a billion-dollar promotion and entertainment company being WWE. And Bubba has two. And these are some of the mindsets of kind of the direction to handle some of these situations because at the end of the day, we are performers, we're entertainers, and we want to be there for our fan base. We continue for a pandemic, you know what I mean? Obviously, it's a business, and you know we're all trying to make a living, but that's what makes our product special. Uh, Reigns pointed out how very few wrestlers maintain kayfabe in 2022 and why some promos, like the one delivered by Moxley in his comeback to AEW, the one where obviously he was heckled by a fan for alcoholism, um, blur the lines between reality and character work. So I can see where he's coming from in reference to Buddy Ray. But I think in this day and age, there's not like too much kayfabe, Rain said. I might be one of the most kayfabe performers out there. There's so many cracks to see through, the blinds to see into backstage now. And there's so many people getting rumors and info and breaking this news and stuff like that. But I think in this day and age, especially with, you know, how much awareness there is for mental health and taking care of yourself and prioritizing you, um, Reigns lauded his former... Shield stablemate for being responsible enough to seek help for alcoholism. I don't think he owes anyone an apology. Rain stressed. I think the fact that he was responsible enough to do what needed to be done and also not shy away from it to help other people is good enough. You rarely talk about these people that are just 100% inspired and motivated by what Mox did and having that brutal honesty with themselves and everyone else for the matter. I don't think he owes anyone an apology. Um, and then it kind of goes on and on and on. He also asked about uh, Seth Rollins name dropping Mox in a promo, saying that he basically carried him and stuff like that. He seemed to be quite happy about that. And he also said he never shied away from history. Um, Buddy Ray had sort of made some somewhat inflammatory comments. I think some people said that, yeah, I think he stated in some formal fashion that John Moxley owed people an apology for his behavior via alcoholism. I don't know the full facts now. I haven't seen your initial statement from Buddy Ray. Um, do you think that Roman Reigns even needs to say anything at this point, though? I mean, does anyone need to say anything at this point? Like, in my opinion, it was a shit take. You, Moxley owes nobody anything. He went to go take care of himself, you know, to better himself for him and his family. And they, I believe they have, they have a baby, right? Or is she still pregnant? Yeah, I believe she's just given birth. I'm not entirely okay, yeah. sure. Or if they, yeah, I, I mean, I don't remember either or. either way, it's none of our bloody business. <laughs> exactly. So that being said, he went to better himself for his wife and his child. Like that that's all that matters. I don't understand why anyone needs to think they they need to have an opinion on it. Like I, I respect what Bully Ray did in the past. You know, his you know, fucking the Dudley Boys were great. Team 3D, even his singles run in TNA was great. But it's that same mentality as, you know, the Undertaker had, like, oh, you know, the guys now are pussies. They'll carry a gun in their bag. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, the amount of, you know, fucking revelations about mental health, especially men's mental health, which has always carried a negative stigma, and now you want to shame him and, you know, expect him to take accountability or something. That's exactly what he fucking did. He's like, I have a problem. I'm going to head out and I'm going to come back better for not only for me, but for you guys, which is as close to an apology as I think he needs to do. Yeah, Cameron Anderson, what do you make of Bully Ray saying that Mock should have started? Basically, I've got a quote here. He said that Mock should have started his promo with an apology for having to go to rehab and take time out and apologize to the fans. What do you make of that? 
it's it's pretty ridiculous because if he was ill, you wouldn't be asking the same thing. If if he had, you know, like a disease, if he was if he was dying, then you wouldn't say that, would you? But then again, if he had stayed on the path that he was on and didn't take the time where he needed, then that could very much be a reality. So uh, I don't know. I think it's pretty pretty damaging thing to say. I think what John Moxley has done is very admirable, especially considering AEW. He's obviously got so many people looking up to him. So other people are going to see that with their struggles, and hopefully it will inspire them to get the help that they would need. So I, I don't know. I don't see how John Moxley, you know, acknowledging his demons and going away for a bit to sort himself out has anything but a positive overall effect on just everyone. John Moxley hasn't hurt anyone but himself and his inner family. I'm sure he's had very private discussions with his wife, Renee Paquette, um, and I'm sure he has cleaned himself up. He went to rehab. That is what it is there for. It's called rehab for a reason, because you rehabilitate yourself from certain situations which are toxic to you. Um, another thing I'm very close to with alcoholism and drug use with people around me when I was younger and things of that nature, I'm blessed that I never really fell down that rabbit hole. Um, I think it's very ignorant, um, even more so ignorant than Jeremy Miller, like, you know, serving customers during a <laughs> podcast. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to have to mute him at this point because it's bloody annoying. All yeah. I can hear is beep. But ultimately, John Mo- no, do you know what? Buddy Ray, right? I respect Buddy Ray has done a lot in his career. Would you please shut the fuck up, mate? You're giving me a headache. I swear every month he's got to have a hot take for radio. I, I appreciate you're honest. I'm sure I offend lots of people with my hot takes. But I don't come out with such... Like, it's just stupid. It makes no sense. Why should he apologise to fans? How dare you not be clean as a whistle? By the way, this is coming from a guy who used... The homophobic slur, the F word, as we all know what it, we all know what that is. I'm not going to use it, but he used that to describe fans at an impact taping. Okay, a ringside. I didn't see you groveling out there apologising on the mic the next week, did we? No, you weren't apologising when you treated Rob Lias and other people like shit for Rev Pro that time. Or are we not talking about that either? Because that allegedly didn't happen, bro. Come on, man, grow up. Grow the fuck up. Also, you got a Hall of Fame ring. You are part of one of the greatest tag teams to ever do this. You are in wrestling law for the rest of your life, and yet you still feel the need to go on the radio and be a shit house for no reason. Shit, come on. Christ. Yeah. Um, also, I'm just going to take the opportunity to apologize to the listeners you got uh, one for minute. laughing at the last segment because of Jay Miller. Jay Miller just scanning and talking to his mum just made me corpse. I'm sorry, guys. It's very yeah, serious. That's like, we don't find about. anything about Jack Gallagher funny. We're just kind of saying, yo, Jeremy Miller, get your shit together in it. But it is what <laughs> it is. My man's just standing there scanning groceries. Like, right. I'm sorry, it's funny. I'm fucking tilted. <laughs> I have not seen a single mask. I'm fucking tilted. <laughs> it's so high. I wouldn't expect that. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so right. high. There's no such thing as COVID in Ohio. So, yeah, no, going back to um, what Undertaker was saying about having a gun in the locker room, you know, um, Maybe it's a good thing that we don't anymore because otherwise, I don't know, Ebenezer's brains might get splattered all over the curbs in Southampton. Oh, my God. I swear that. <laughs> I've had it with this mob. Black, black, black. Yo, Ebenezer. Bra, bra. Like, he is going to Sorry, the, the Arn Anderson just jumped out. The Arn Anderson just jumped out. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is fucking incredible. The idea that Cameron is going to fucking whack... He's going to whack Ebenezer the geezer at IWE Valentine Violence. Like, yo, this order is going to be the least of your worries by the end of that match. You're going to be in the morgue, Next. fam. Next show after that, I'm coming with the tear tattoo. I swear to God. <laughs> you're gonna turn into like the most hardcore post Malone in wrestling, mate. It's gonna be an absolute shit. You have to be like the most hard. I, I would have had a body in it. Ebony's will be dead. <laughs> no one's gonna want to have a match with me. <laughs> yeah, all right. They don't want to end up in a fucking body bag. Like, ain't nobody. You're gonna have the biggest undefeated streak in wrestling, bro. Um, speaking of something that will make you make you have a tear in your eye, so. AEW Dynamite was last night. We're recording this on a Thursday. Jeremy Miller obviously watched AEW Dynamite because he is Tony Khan's wank pheasant. Um, so, former Ring of Honor star signs with AEW and makes his debut during the main event of Dynamite. During the main event of tonight's AEW Dynamite, of course, his article was taken from yesterday. A lights out, anything goes match between Orange Cassidy and Adam Cole. An unexpected appearance was made by Ring of Honor's Dan Housen. Very nice, very evil. We like Danhausen here. However, there are bigger things at play. Um, so as seen in the video clip that you guys can check out on the YouTubes and things like that, Adam Cole goes to pull out a steel chair from underneath the ring. When he does, he pulls it out. Danhausen is attached to it for no apparent reason, looks at him like which I thought was very amusing, and then leaves. <laughs> That's his debut in AEW. Uh, so before we get on to other Adam Cole factories. Let's talk about Danhausen in AEW. AEW has a reputation for bringing in too many WWE guys. It has a reputation for just spending ridiculous amounts of money on old WWE guys as well. Oh, they brought in Big Show. They brought in Christian, Mark Henry. They're recycling a lot of mid-carders that were good in WWE. Admittedly, Malachi Black is a good pickup. You can't argue that point. Does this show a willingness to go out there and pick up more interesting, unique people. And does Danhausen signal a much more interesting pickup for AEW? I know nothing about him, to be honest. Don't. Nice <laughs> work. All right, well, nice fuck Danhausen. No, I mean, like, I, it's, it's not that I haven't seen him be popular. Like, you know, adding Housen to the end of stuff. Like, I've seen him on Twitter. So, like, his Twitter Very game funny. is great. Like, it's great. It's It's funny. But, like, I've never seen him wrestle. Like, if he's associating himself with Orange Cassidy, I already don't care. Like, that's a terrible place to drop him in. I'm sorry. Like, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, all things considered, I thought it was quite jokes. He's the moment in isolation, sure. Like, you'd be on the other end of a chair. And Adam Cole's facial expressions, I'm sure, were brilliant because he is one of the best wrestlers and actors in the world. But, was, like, was. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Well, you say yeah, one we'll, of the we'll, best. We'll get to um, we'll get to that I in a second. He may have lost a match recently. We'll get to that in a fucking second, you youngin. You fucking whippersnapper. I said we'd get to the Adam Cole facts. God damn it. Um. <laughs> ultimately, I'll cover for Jeremy Miller while he's busy scanning bog roll, which, by the way, is a form of currency in Ohio. Um. So, ultimately. <laughs> 
I like Danhausen. I do. I find him very funny. What fucking pisses me off? It, again, AEW fans, right? They head to Twitter, and because loads of loads of people don't know who Danhausen is, that isn't a bad thing, right? We don't, as wrestling fans, have to know everybody just because you do. This bullshit tribalism, this gatekeeping of like, uh, but if you don't know Danhausen, then you're not obviously a proper wrestling fan. Proper wrestling fans know who Danhausen is. Uh, very nice, very evil. I've watched all of his stuff from uh, uh, underground pro genital wrestling in Buckfuck, Ohio. <laughs> Fuck off. Like, some of us have lives. Not all of us live in our mother's basements. Again, apologies, Carl Wilkinson. No, it's cool. That's fine. This attitude of like, you've got to know everybody just because, like, yeah, great. I love Dan Housen. Is he gonna, like, be a big deal in AEW? Probably not. Like, not because I don't want him to be, because I actually really love Dan Housen. I think he has so much more upside than a lot of these idiot characters they have, because he has been that way from the get-go. He's got a really unique, disturbing character. It can actually work really well. The debut, it's, I thought it was very funny, but then I also thought, I would have liked to have seen something more. They could have done more and then maybe done this later down the line. Um, but it's kind of a side note. We'll see how Danhausen does. Hopefully it won't just be an AEW dark appearance. I'd rather watch Danhausen than 2.0. Sorry, that's just my opinion. I think he's much more entertaining. I think he's got much more upside and character. Um, however, during the same match, Adam Cole had his first televised loss in AEW to a man who puts his hands in his pockets with a fake tan, ladies and gentlemen. Orange Gasly beat Adam Cole. Jeremy Miller is very excited to get in on this. <laughs> I can just, I can't wait for this. However, he's, he's got scanning. plenty of time because I feel like this is where things are going to unravel a little bit as if the peanut thing wasn't bad enough earlier. So Adam Cole loses to Orange Cassidy. Now, Adam Cole, when he was picked up by AEW, right? Now, this is where AEW fans need to fucking eat their own shit and their humble pie and suck my balls, right? Because they are the ones who are like, oh, well, fucking Adam Cole can be a big fucking deal now because he's he's left the shackles of WWE. He's going to be a fucking megastar now. And everyone's using Hangman Page as an example. Uh, well, Hangman Page needed time before he became a big deal. Uh, it's like, yeah, you can't just deflect it off. If he's that big a star and he came in, by the way, in the he was one of the big reveals, one of the two big reveals in the biggest pay-per-view in your history at that point. Like, I'm sorry. Him losing to Orange Cassidy is counterproductive to his push. I think it's a fucking garbage move from just a booking standpoint. I've got no problem with him having matches with people like this, but when you lose a high-profile main event to Orange, fuck it, what is the deal with it? Why does Orange Cassidy need to be pushed so hard? He goes over Chris Jericho. He goes over Adam Cole. He's in high-profile rivalries all over the place. He fucking took Pac to the limit with his hands in his pockets, even though Pac could literally spit on the ground and that would have more wrestling acumen than his whole career. This is a guy who played the Orange Fire Ant in Shikara. So all you little dickweeds out there are like, oh, you just don't know about Orange Cassidy's past. Well, obviously I fucking do. Probably more so than you wankstains do. I've never had a problem with his, with his athleticism, excuse me. What I have a problem with is that he is presented as a goober. So when Adam Cole, who legitimately should be one of the biggest stars in wrestling, is jobbing out to him, well, then I'm not going to take Adam Cole seriously. And it's another reason why I don't want to watch Dynamite. Carl Wilkinson, is it truly as offensive as the internet would have you believe that Adam Cole lost to Orange Cassidy? 
Uh, yeah, uh, Orange Cassidy should be beating anyone ever, apart from Marco Stunt. <laughs> um, from well, I think I heard Marco Stunt is not even really in AEW anymore because they just keep Taking referring to bookings now. So, um, Midget Circus, yeah. Money. like Orange Cassidy, when I first saw him, was like a little funny, I guess, because I'd never seen him before. I'm like, oh, like that, that's funny, I guess. The novelty wore off real quick. And That's the key word there, novel. And Tony Khan seems to have this hard on for this jean wearing, sunglassing fuck. And he puts him over Adam fucking Cole, who is arguably the best wrestler on that roster. You could argue like any of like three or four people for their office. But Adam Cole is the total package. He is everything you could ever want. Lex Luger. A professional wrestler. I love, no metal forearm, as far as I'm aware, but that's all right. But, Just a massive metallic dick. Oh, absolutely. That's why Britt Baker's reason, always smiling her ass off, isn't it? The reason she's a dentist is because he wrecks her face. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my day. Oh, no, I don't like wow, that. I take we that have back. really entered a different <laughs> atmosphere tonight. Wow. Lord have mercy. Um, wow, my, my apologies to them because they actually seem like couples. Yeah, they're actually lovely people. They I are. Like, they absolutely are. Like, Brick yeah, Baker let's... is adorable, man. Although she won't give a shit. She'll tell us to go fuck ourselves. She won't <laughs> Absolutely. I just don't want to... I, oh, wow. <clears throat> I got distracted by myself. Oh, ah, yeah. Orange Cassidy's a fucking prick. <sighs> so, speaking of someone else who's good at wrecking women's faces, Cameron Anderson, you're a there it is. on... Adam Cole jobbing out to Orange Cassidy, no matter how Wait, competitive match would have been. So, so, so with the wrecking fate, is that like I abuse women or? No, um, no, we mean like in a more sexual sort of. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. no, 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 I get no. what you're saying. I, I would never about consent at the wrestle plug, brah. Come on, come on, man. I mean, Jeremy Miller notwithstanding, but the rest of us are all about consent at the wrestle plug. We're we're better than that, Myers Miller. Come on. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Fuck Jack Gallagher. Uh, anyway, I think I'm going to have to go back to what you said a second ago about people, you know, people saying that others are fake wrestling fans for not knowing Danhausen. Well, I have it on authority that when these people were born, they didn't know who The Undertaker was. So they must be fake wrestling fans themselves. Um, it's a stupid point because there, there is always a time where we've not heard of certain things. Like we learn about new things as we grow as people. And also he's just been put on a massive stage now. So obviously it's going to be people who've only just heard of Danhausen. That's quite silly. I'm not too familiar with his work, but you know, it, it is what it is. Like he's now at AEW. He's got a massive spotlight on him in that main event. So I think it's quite a silly point to say people aren't true wrestling fans. And again, it's just gatekeeping. So yeah. like why it's the same, it's the same AEW fans that are saying, oh, oh, we're doing so well in the ratings, but you can't watch our match because you haven't heard of this indie wrestler before. You can't watch our thing because you've not heard of this. So so how does that work? <laughs> how do we grow um, as people by learning more? How do we grow? By finding out more. How do you get better at your job? Or how do you become a better friend? How do you grow a relationship? And any number of things. How do you become a better chef? By learning more. 
like it's like if you started your first ever day at cooking school they're like oh you don't know what the mongolian almond fucking dessert is well you're a fucking piece of shit get out of my kitchen brah like fucking hell like just fuck off I saw this tweet from this obnoxious fucking tart on fucking Twitter. I'm going in on it. I'm not going to tag them because they don't deserve it. But they put out this tweet saying, oh, people who said that like they don't know who Dan Housen is, he doesn't move needle. You obviously haven't seen Dan Housen, so therefore you don't know fuck all. And then all these AW fucking sweaty neckbeards are underneath going, eh, eh, fucking, I totally agree with you because I obviously have a chance to sleep with you because I interact with your tweets. Fuck off. Seriously, it is embarrassing. You are why wrestling is the least popular it's ever been. You are why people don't think wrestling is cool. Because who wants to hang out with that guy? Who wants to hang out with that fuckboy? Nobody. Fucking hell. Go and buy some mid-air Jordans. Go and breathe some oxygen. And stop suckling on your mother's teats. It's disturbing that you're still breastfed at 25, you fucking losers. What a bunch of sad douchebags. I just think, you know, you don't walk into Dollar General and learn how to bag straight away. You know, it takes time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going to completely disagree with that because when I used to self-check at Walmart, I'm infinitely faster than any of the cashiers they have. Wow. Okay. Really? Maybe you should apply for a position as manager. That's a weird flex. I should it? own this Isn't place it though? because I bag faster. But going right. back to the point at hand, just real quick, I didn't know who Josh Alexander was till I went to my first Destiny show, and now I can't imagine my life without knowing who he is. Uh, 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 fucking shit fan. Hate you. Fucking fake Canadian. Fuck off. Hey, that's, that's basically the response you would have got. Like yeah. Josh Alexander would be like, yo, thank you very much for coming to see my work and appreciating who I am as a wrestler. But like, there's bound to be a subsection of Canadian supermarks who like go on their <laughs> little fucking Instagram, like fucking troll groups every night. Oh, could you see the fucking ex car on the slash Wilkerson? What a faggot. Oh, fucking, oh, fucking yeah, gay. Yeah. Gay. Fucking, oh, he doesn't know anything about it. He's not a real fan. Oh, I was watching Josh Alexander when he was coming out of a womb fan. Oh. It's like this thing of like, it's the same with music, isn't it? Like, I remember listening to Puddle of Mud before their albums, like, became a big deal. Like, Come Clean dropped so early. And, like, over here, nobody had heard of it because it wasn't much of a deal. So I had this... I remember playing the album. All my mates were like, oh, my God, this is such good shit. How do you know about this? I like, just heard them play a WWE theme. <laughs> I think it was Survivor Series 2001. They did Come Clean. I was like, yeah, baby, control. And, um... And just the amount of people like, uh, we're well, obviously not a big fan because I heard their underground album that was made out of cannabis leaves. Oh, it's like fucking hell. They everybody's got to be in on a ground level or no better, even when they're being positive. And you see this on wrestling Twitter is literally the drizzling shit. If you've ever gone out there and put out a tweet trying to one up somebody over a fucking predetermined sport. Like this, you're a fucking loser. That's what you are. You're a fucking loser. Fucking grow up. Get a life. I hate you. I hate the very premise of you. I hate your family, your shithole flat that you live in, that you share with your inbred sister you've had three kids with. Fuck you all. You're all fucking shit. And you're the reason why nobody fucking likes wrestling anymore. Um, sensationalist arguments, of course, have been included in that statement, yes. ladies and gentlemen. I would like Jeremy to Miller, do you actually day. have time to talk about this or are you still on the tilt? <laughs> I'm on the till, but I'm still talking about it. 
Are you though? All right. You can't let, let me ask just me stall. to hold the podcast for you while let, you let serve customers. <laughs> so we will okay. go back to muting Jeremy Miller, and he will return when he has the opportunity because he's a fucking little shit. Now then, Gunter talks about changing his name. The former Volta has provided an explanation for his new WWE ring name, Gunter. This week's NXT 2.0 episode featured a new promo from Imperium uh, where the group looked ahead to a new era and Gunter, why he has changed his name. Imperium, our name stands for dominance. Our name stands for pride. Our name stands for success. The same goes for my name, the name I'm known as all over the world, Gunter said. The name my parents gave me in honor of my family, patriarch, my grandfather, the man who introduced me to this great sport. But now it is time to leave the past behind and guide Imperium into the future, standing on my own two feet with my own identity. Bartel added, it is time. It's the dawn of a new time for Imperium. We're closing the door in the past and opening the door to a whole new future, a whole new age. Marcel Bartel, of course, is now known as Big Daddy Recksteiner. Um, <clears throat> and, of course, Fabian Eichner is now known as Happy-Go-Lucky Third Riker number three. So, um, <laughs> because apparently we can just assign fucking retard names to these people and it's not an issue. Is this a good enough explanation for Volta changing his name um and also has anyone seen the response from Michael Bivins <laughs> Malcolm Bivins excuse me who is of course very well known as Stokely Hathaway from his time I believe in Evolve Wrestling uh, uh, fucking I was watching it before that <laughs> so um yeah what do we think about this uh, explanation I mean, um, good enough for the story. I don't care. I, I, I'm not going to like it either way because it's always going to be Valter to me, but they at least tried to justify it, I guess. So I'll give it a shot. I don't really watch it next year anyway. I yeah, should point yeah, out. You've got to kind of appreciate the, the effort, I guess, to sort of at least have a reason. I mean, a lot of these things just kind of just happen around us and all of a sudden, oh, I don't have a last name anymore, but Oh, I've got a different name. Oh, so I was a dentist last week, but now I'm the brother of this guy that he's known for ages, and I'm killing Shawn Michaels at Hell in a Cell. Wait, no, he killed Undertaker. Sorry, guys, I got that wrong. Fucking fake, you, man. you know, you get... <laughs> that's, that's right. That's me. Fucking I Mark. Yet. Sorry, I couldn't have heard of Kane. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fucking orange hat-wearing marks. Don't catch me wearing orange. Uh, I yeah, fucking love orange, innit? Guys, I'm sorry. I'm a fake fan. I was born a few days after WrestleMania 17. I don't even like Edge. I'm sorry, guys. That I've is just... Having you that's on this not week. even, like... That's not even... That's just fucking unacceptable. That's slander on here. Like, you say that's you don't like days. Edge. I'll come around there and beat you to death with an iPad myself. Like, just not happening. Um, Yeah, just I wanted to mention very quickly Malcolm Bivens, who replied with a rather fantastic retort on tweet where he said... uh. Bivin said Gunter is an awful name. Um, he said um, he can't believe that Volta's parents named him that. He said if he'd had a choice, he would have been called Dumbass in all capital. <laughs> <laughs> he does not give a fuck. He is hilarious, by the way. Like, he should be on Raw every week because he, it would infinitely make that show better. I want to see him and MVP going after each other on the mic. I think that has got the potential to be absolute fucking fire ladies and gentlemen absolute fire uh johnny knoxville uh quick 
bit of news. Johnny Knoxville teasing bringing Cornerman to WWE's Royal Rumble. Um, he will be bringing some of his Jackass co-stars with him on Saturday, apparently. Anyone got any interest in Johnny Knoxville bringing potential Jackass co-stars with him to the Royal Rumble? Absolutely. Can't wait yeah. to see fucking fifty-year-old Steve-O get murdered. Yeah, I only watched uh, Jackass Three, so I'm so I'm not a day one. I'm a fake fan of the Jackass brand. Why do we let these fucking kids on the podcast? <laughs> there seems to be a fame occurring with this second half of the podcast. I've noticed, and that is plastics. Prawn sandwich loving cunts. <laughs> right, before we get to our final uh, matter of business, which of course is discussing the Royal Rumble, as this will of course be WrestlePlug's last stop on the road to the Royal Rumble. Um, we have an interesting story here about Jake Roberts talking about an insanely big snake. Who wants to hear about Jake Roberts' massive snake, ladies and gentlemen? Anyone? Oh, I hate snakes, but no, go please. Uh, I don't <laughs> mind snakes. Mine is though. You can get the fuck out of here. Um, so... During a recent episode of the DVP Snake Pit podcast, Jake Roberts, Jake the Snake Roberts, excuse me, spoke about Survivor Series 1989 and revealed that Vince McMahon wanted him, Hulk Hogan, and Demolition to carry a snake to the ring. Um, the WWE Hall of Famer revealed why he was against the entrance, saying it would be like killing my gimmick. So this is a statement from Jake Roberts. Take this as you will. It is not spelt very well. Um, so I did this change, and now I'm going to be partnered with Demolition and Hogan, Roberts says. In the main event, bro, that's where you want to be. Vince comes up to me and he goes, Jake, I've got this vision. What's that, boss? <laughs> Can you get a bigger snake? I'm like, Vince, this son of a bitch I've got is 120 pounds. I can barely carry anything else. See, people don't realize you carry that thing out to the ring. You're out of gas. Then at the end of the match, when you're really blown up, you've got to carry it back and it's out of the bag. Man, sometimes I barely made it. I barely made it. You know what? I can believe that. It was unbelievable, man. But anyway, he says, can you get a bigger snake? I'm like, I can't hardly carry that weight. So no, I want one that all four of you will carry. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean, Vince? He says, well, I want y'all to go to the ring with this huge-ass snake. Hogan at the head, you're next, then demolition. He goes, that would be so great on camera. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, everybody is supposed to be afraid of the snake. And now these guys are going to be holding it too. That's kind of kidding my gimmick, isn't it? Um, so he calls his snake guy, Albert, who is apparently Charles Manson Revisited. Uh, this oh. guy, I know, right? This guy on this show in the upcoming weeks, you'll hear a lot about Albert, scary son of a bitch. Anyway, I said, Albert, there are one in all four of us to carry a snake. He goes, well, that's not good, Jake. Nobody touches a snake but you. I'm like, you're right, Albert. So how do we combat this? He goes, what do you think? I'm like, can you get one so big that they can't do it? Oh, yeah, don't worry. I've got the perfect snake, he says. So, um, oh. I, so I go find Albert. He's hanging out in the rafters. This is later down the line. Um, why? I don't know. <laughs> he says, I, and I don't ask. I brought him down and I was like, where's the snake? He goes, right here. Right where? He goes, in that crate. That crate and the crate he was talking about is fucking huge. It's like four foot deep. I'm like, are you kidding me? He goes, it's massive. Oh. Well, Vince wants us, it wants us to time it going to the ring. We need a crowbar. So we get a crowbar. Albert starts prying the top off of it. And all of a sudden, the damn plywood two by four in force goes flying. And this snake comes out. And the head of it is this big around. And apparently sort of does this. Oh, yeah, it comes up and it just keeps going straight up oh. in the air. Then it leans over. Then Albert comes over and just leaps on it, leaps on the snake. The snake picks him up and slams him to the concrete. Albert's out. Yes, Albert is out cold. Vince is screaming, my God, what is that? 
We're all running away from a 26-foot, 280-pound python. Vince is screaming, get a back in the crate. Albert's out, Vince. Nobody else is grabbing that son of a bitch. And it took four or five of us man to man to get a hold of it. And Albert weighs like, you know, 160 pounds. He's not a big guy. But that snake picked him up and slapped him onto the concrete. Um... Also, Albert apparently showed him a picture of the same snake swallowing a horse. Which, I work with horses, people. They are fucking big creatures. Head over to my Instagram if you don't believe me. Um, what the fuck is this? Is Jake Roberts back on the smack? Or is this a legitimate story? That's <laughs> disgusting. I kind of want to believe it. Just because that's just a but all right realistically just just wait for the cwp entrance we're going to do the same thing we're going to go to the same guy <laughs> imagine introducing to the ring with cameron anderson the 280 pound pipe <laughs> just like that there's like 10 guys behind you carrying this giant snake and it's just got martin row in its mouth <laughs> I'd, I'd never come i'd never come to a show if that was a thing uh, Carl Wilkinson, you hate snakes. Like what snakes do you think about too. that story? Oh, that the idea of a snake that can disgusting. eat a horse whole. Oh, I can't even go back and watch like old Jake matches now. Like I, I, I can't stand snakes. What about I, the scene where he bites Randy Savage's arm? That must have freaked you to fuck. Oh, out. I fucking terrify. Like I know, like it was Dee Venom did everything, but, yeah, but it's still Jake fucking bit on and latched goes. on. The story goes that Jake wound up, didn't he? He was hitting it on the head to wind up, so yeah. it's sinking harder because he wanted to prove something to Savage because he was being an asshole at the time for some reason. That, Wrestling. That just proves even in like, <coughs> you know, 1988 or 89, whenever this was, that Vince has no idea what animals want or need or what they are, I think, to be honest. He just thinks they're more employees. Yeah, scary. Anything to add before we move on to our final subject, boys? Oh no! Yeah, I I quite like snakes. Uh, I think they're. You're cool. a snake. <laughs> we're, we're not. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yo, that's uh, that's deep, bro. That's real deep. Yeah. Give them the four top. I just think they're cool. They're just cool little creatures. They're just nice guys. Little creatures. I love. You, if you way. own a pet as a snake and it lays down on the bed next to you, it's seeing how big it has to be to fucking eat you. <laughs> Well, I mean, that is basically how the penis works. So, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) well, someone had to say it. You can't just sit here and make all these snake references and not make a penis joke at some point. So I'm just going to get to the point of the matter, as does my penis from time to time. Um, Before we move on to the Royal Rumble and finish off the podcast with that, um, shall we all take a moment to just enjoy the hysterical facial expressions of jeremy miller who regularly every time a customer comes into the show looks mortifiably angry that he cannot get on this podcast and have his say because he's too busy scanning what looks to be fruity pebbles those are some fruity pebbles they, they, are they fruity pebbles are they legit uh, lucky for, oh, guy, mate, fruity pebbles. these motherfuckers like that's, yo, that's john cena john cena's yo. in ohio Yo, I'll be with Carl Wilkinson smashing the insulin if I live in America, fam. Seriously, I've never seen so much sugar in all my life, innit? Like, I'm just, I'm fucking salivating over it. Like, it's just ridiculous. Yo, whoever's buying all that shopping, can you please, like, fucking adopt me? Because that is sick. 
I, will... I think Fruity Pebbles taste pretty bad, in my opinion. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, my God. Cinnamon Crunch. Are you kidding me, Maro? It's... I, I just don't like him. I don't, I don't like Fruity Pebbles. I'm sorry, guys. I'm a yeah, fake well, John, John Cena, Cena sends his regards and says, <laughs> fuck you. But you won't see him coming. Um, Look, right. There's only one. There's one guy who took a picture with me after CWP. He is the only guy who can claim to be a Cameron True fan. A Cameron Day one so to speak. <laughs> Who's the one man to take a photo with you after? Because you got a photo with Bobby Vegas. That is true. I did get it. It wasn't Bobby Vegas. Uh, he's a star in his own right. So, is it but, Franco I mean, Varga? I a fan, a paying. It's, I actually didn't get a picture with Franco Varga. I uh, did because missed you took it for me. <laughs> that is true. That oh is well. True. I, I, did it come out good? It, it was just some random guy who, who was leaving. Uh, we came, I came out the front to say, Oh, was like, it an actual fan? Ask my fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's oh, what that's I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not trying to well, say. I thought you like, meant like uh, one of the workers. I thought, thought you were pulling back the curtain there and telling us like who you marked out for you in the locker room. Who do you think marks hardest oh. for Cameron Anderson in the actual locker room? <laughs> no one. Self. It's himself. <laughs> I'll do. Yeah, it's I'll me. Push you to the hill. Creaming myself up. They've <laughs> got this idea of you like masturbating in the corner. Like everyone else is like, yo, what's Cameron yeah. doing? Just loving himself, isn't it? Like, people. CWP Red... locker room's interesting, actually. Randy um, runs shit to people's bags. Cam uh, enjoys himself over them. Yeah, right. Look, literally, I... <laughs> He's After leaving I a like deposit in people's bags. <laughs> Cameron Anderson does not jizz in people's kid bags, ladies and gentlemen. We would like to confirm that this is all just conjecture for the sake of humour. Right, people are not going to want me in the locker room when this comes out. Or maybe they'll want you in it more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. You never know who's after a sperm sample these days. Not everybody finds oh, it as easy yeah. to have kids, man. You know, unfortunately, Pat Patterson is no longer with us, so that ship sailed, unfortunately. The cream team! Oh, no! <laughs> Allegedly, allegedly, oh. Jesus Christ! I can hear Vince's lawyers knocking outside. Yeah, I can't say that, can I? Right. So I was going to go straight to the rumble, but Cameron Anderson is desperate to talk about men spitting fecal matter on other men. So not fecal, fecal matter, matter, but something along those lines. I mean, he just likes spit swapping with people, and it? it is what it is. And I mean, that can be a good thing, depending on what you like. We don't like to kink shame here. Jeremy Miller has finally found some sort of stability to his video which is fantastic yeah he's back well done thank you for your contributions by the way for the last hour been really really insightful some of the most insightful stuff we might argue i've ever heard from jeremy miller so kevin anderson you're quite keen on this topic and i guess it does need covering so the world on gcw happened at the hammerstein ballroom on january the 23rd i believe last weekend Big fucking show. Shout out to my boy, delicious Dwayne Douglas, baby, who was actually in attendance, former guest on the podcast. Good friend of mine as well. Dwayne is an absolute fucking legend. Please check out the Isolation Wrestling Federation, which is only promo-based wrestling. It is so, so cool. Um, Yeah. So, obviously, crazy show. Classic GCW, carnage, botches, the whole lot in the Hammerstein Ballroom. They sold over 2,000 tickets, which is fucking impressive. Uh, Matt Cardona was the ire of everyone because of, obviously, his super heel dynamic, where he essentially is a WWE superstar invading the hardcore world of GCW. Uh, Two things. He had a 
Mick Foley style flannel vest on with fuck Mick Foley written on the back of it. And during his entrance, he had a beer. He was basically doing the Sandman style entrance. And um, while he was with his Mr. Chelsea Green, some unbelievably exertive and exciting fan um, was giving him the business over the barrier. He took a large swig of his beer and spat it in the man's face during what is obviously a very pandemic sensitive era, which I'm sure is the issue for a lot of people. Before we get into it, um, Mick Foley had some things to say about the vest. Matt took a shot at Mrs. Foley's baby boy last night with his interesting choice of ring attire. And while I appreciate the GCW fans flipping him off on my behalf, and, <clears throat> excuse me, while I appreciate my friend, the Savage Gentleman, who, by the way, is an awesome wrestler, uh, who wanted to battle him on my behalf, the truth is, from a personal standpoint, I was happy for him. It made me laugh because I felt that Matt was done wrong in WWE. He reached for that brass ring, grabbed it, and was asked to return it. <laughs> Ultimately, <laughs> Who leaves a major company? Well said. <laughs> Anyone who leaves a major company has a choice to make when they hit the independent scene, and that choice is: do I just do the same things that I did, the same things that I'm known for, or do I reinvent myself? I call that the Drew McIntyre route, the road less traveled. That is what Matt Cardona has done. He's completely reinvented himself, and in doing so, has become one of the more enjoyable and valuable assets on the wrestling scene. And knowing I'm just playing a small part in that reinvention, a tiny part, well, that makes me happy. So, in conclusion. Fuck Matt Cardona. <laughs> Got him. Um, Do you want to hear him before right the end? He comes in. Uh, Mojo Rawley also addressed Matt Cardona spitting on a spitting beer on a GCW fan. Um, that was 100% real, Rawley said. There's no working around that one. That was just pure emotion. I can tell you, Matt, these days is the, the opposite of how he was when we tagged together as the hype bros. I hate to admit it because clowning and humiliating Matt Cardona is one of my life's most favorite accomplishments, but I'm kind of liking the vibe he's putting out right now. I used to do this sweat throw. Now he's doing the beer spit. I don't know. I'm always hyped. He's always ready. Things are starting to make a little more sense these days. What do we think? Uh, Carl Wilkinson, you know, you got strong opinions, rightfully so, as immunocompromised as you are, and you're very all about, you know, getting the vaccine and staying safe in a pandemic, wear your mask and all that kind of shenanigans, basically the opposite of Jay Miller in every sense. So um, what do you think about, hey, you're entitled to your opinion too. Um, what do you think about Zack Ryder, aka Matt Cardona, as he's better known now, spitting in a fan's face, spitting beer in a fan's face? Do you have a problem with it at all? I do, because like, sure, like he's like doing probably the best work of his career right now on the Indies, like, He's getting booked everywhere. Like he's doing awesome for himself. And that's great for him. Cause I liked, I liked Zach Ryder when he was in WWE and I Nerd. like Matt Cardona now, but is your glass green? Because it looks like you're just drinking through that's Whoa. fucking funny. <laughs> that is gnarly. Uh, uh, but <laughs> that being said, like cheap heat is saying that the local sports teams suck. You know, everyone does that. You get booed, whatever. But this is different. You, sh sh it's I'm, yeah, that's distracting. Sorry, that's <laughs> no, but in the best way. Madness. But he should not be spitting stuff into the crowd. Like COVID is spread airborne, so it, it is incredibly irresponsible. I'll call him out for it. I've called like Jericho out for it and all this shit. I'll call any wrestler out for it. I don't give a shit. Like you should know better. As a quick side note, do you think this is as serious or worse than CM Punk jumping in the crowd in Chicago? This is worse. Because this is actually, like, 
spit like you know spitting into the crowd like jumping into them and you know crowd serving high-fiving whatever like that's that's still not good i'm not excusing it but you know you can sanitize your hands you can clean yourself down whatever what are you gonna do when someone spits on you like it's not like you're carrying fucking alcohol wipes in your in your bag at all times yeah cameron anderson problems with people spitting in people's faces yeah, I'm sorry, my blood's just beginning to boil again because, you know, I've I've had it spat in my face. Uh, you oh, watched okay. the CWP scramble match recently. Sadly, yes. Yeah, it was something we watched. Yeah, it was definitely yeah. a thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you'll recall Ebenezer, Aaron Cruz, Jake Hollister, and Dirty Dave Dennis faffing about at the bar, making a massive mess, which is quite frankly disrespectful. To there the was venue, a waste of alcohol. Of yeah, it's a waste of alcohol, disrespectful to the venue. They were spitting it in my face, which, first of all, my family's at that show and had to watch that. So that's just disrespectful to me. And second of all, it's just plain disgusting that they would do that. So, so it just pisses me off, you know, and to see Matt Cardona do it, Again, I know what it's like, so I feel for the fan, quite frankly. It's really just gross. Jeremy Miller, <clears throat> you have a different viewpoint on COVID to a lot of people. That's fine. You're entitled to that. You're welcome to explain it if you wish. Um, but from a personal standpoint, COVID-related or not, how do you feel about this? I mean, back in the day in ECW the Sandman used to do this and he would spit in people's faces. Hell, he would share his beer. Now, if he did that nowadays, especially with everybody being hypersensitive about COVID and everything, I think that, you know, he'd get the same heat. Do I think it was a irresponsible thing for Matt Cardona to do? Yes. Do I think that he did it just to get a cheap pop from the crowd? Probably. Should he do it again? He probably will just to piss people off because as much as everybody has said, oh, well, he's so good outside of WWE, Matt Cardona has yet to win anything big since he left WWE. Oh, did, GCW did he not fans, win the GCW title? GCW fans are going to lose their marbles when they hear that. But I personally don't think you're actually that wrong, but I know GCW fans are not going to like that. Well, I'm sorry, when GCW actually does something that pops the meter a little bit, then other than their, you know, their owner, Joey Janela, doing inexplicable things, because we won't talk about that right now. MDMA. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I mean, uh, yeah, right, right, exactly. Yeah, right so, there. I mean, let's be honest. GCW is a second-rate Ring of Honor. <laughs> and... <laughs> He's gone off. The Matt Cardona winning the GCW title. Congratulations, Matt. You finally did something outside of WWE. But if you did it in Impact or AEW when you were there for a little bit, it'd be more of an accomplishment. It's pretty bad when Matt Cardona's accomplishments anymore is being married to Chelsea Green. But Ring of Honor's over here. GCW is over here. They're not similar in the slightest. Yeah, no, like they're not the same. It's, kind of it's brand like, in the slightest. like it, it's opposite sides of the spectrum. Ring of Honor has you know, like the honor system, mm -hmm. you know, the pure championship, all that cool shit. GCW is glass and hardcore. Like you can't compare okay, I'm the two. On the same level in the wrestling world. Ring yeah. of Honor has 
the more uh, more of a uptick because of their past. But GCW and Ring of Honor, if you had to name the four top wrestling promotions in this business right now, what four would you say? Oh, this is going to be good. So, Jeremy Miller, you start and name your top four. Right. AEW, WWE. You put AEW over WWE right now. No, I'm saying... That's just, all, I don't mind. I don't personally have a problem with that. Well, if you want me Frank, to list them, if you want me to list them, I'll do WWE, then AEW, then NJPW, then Impact. Okay. Carl Wilkinson, your top four. I mean, yeah, it's probably going to be WWE, AEW, whether I like it or not. Impact. I mean, yeah, honestly, probably the same, New Japan, because you can't count Ring of Honor right now because they're not a thing. Cameron Anderson? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have to agree, really. I'd have to go... Um, I don't know. I feel like GCW is kind of catching up. It's kind of becoming more mainstream. And um, I feel like MLW is something that's slept on. So I'll, I'll bring those ones up. To... Absolutely astonished Rumble Promotions isn't in that list. Furious. Um, oh, I'd expect that. That's no, fine. You won't be working there anytime soon, you little scrub. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I mean, personally, genuinely, from a completely non-biased obviously standpoint, not talking about people I work for and things like that, it is probably those four. Although I would say that MLW, GCW, Impact, Ring of Honor, they're all kind of in this group muddling around to see who can kind of come out of it. And if you want to talk to me about the quality of wrestling, I think MLW has all of them hit to the post. I do. I think um, Jacob Fartu is a megastar. And I think, you know, Hammerstone as well. They, they got talents. They've got real crazy good talents. And they've got production. They've got good, good people behind them. So it is what it is. But the reason I wanted to mention that is because obviously, um, you know, it, it's an interesting theory. Um, obviously, Jay Miller. Like, so, okay. The response to your comment, Jay, will be, this is a pandemic. And everyone's, like you say, hypersensitive to COVID. So regardless of whether you are pro-vaccination or not, is it advisable? Do you think, like, regardless of that, it's not that big a deal? If everybody wasn't so hypersensitive about COVID right now, this would not be news. This would be cheap heat. Because, again... Sandman used to do it in ECW and nobody batted an eye then. Again. That was nearly 30 argu- years ago. The argument will be that he wasn't doing it during a pandemic. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. If it wasn't because of, if COVID but was I not... Feel thing- like, I feel like your argument, sorry to butt in, but I feel like your argument is kind of... You're saying, oh, if everyone wasn't high percent, well, they are because it's a thing. So that's kind right. of a redundant point. So my point is <coughs> because of your standing and your position on COVID and vaccination, do you, would you say it's fair to say that's kind of skewed your argument in favour of it not being as big a deal? Like, if you bit. had more of a, say, a Carl Wilkinson approach to vaccination and things like that, would you take this more seriously? Yes. So it is skewed then. <laughs> Which is yes. fine. That's Nobody's saying that's a... Well, some people are going to come after you. They're going to because people can't handle the idea of difference and stuff like that. That's fine. Whatever. You've chosen to do that and God willing, you'll be fine. Um, 
but I can imagine, you know, that that's going to open a can of worms. We haven't got time to go through. And ultimately, it's bad enough that you put nuts in cans. So if you start putting worms in there as well, I'm going to be really pissed off because it's just like, yo, those things belong in the ground. Okay. <laughs> to be fair, by the way, well, nuts, nuts, where do, where do nuts grow? Where do nuts grow? Anyone? Pop quiz. Where do nuts come from? And if anyone well, says between their legs, I will kill them. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I don't have an answer. That's all I have. Freeze. Uh, <laughs> and or the ground right yeah so do you know what else comes from the ground and trees i mean trees come from the ground technically everything comes from the ground right 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 so you're putting worms in cans they are gummy worms in cans oh yeah yeah <clears throat> lord oh my right it's royal rumble time fuck you guys um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the royal rumble this weekend and like i said about 10 hours ago in real time because boy is this going to be fun to edit um <laughs> royal rumble this is the last stop on your road to royal rumble if you listen to wrestle plug so thank you all eight people still listening and you know shout out to you know my boy who hides on twitter under different pseudonyms because he's a little fucking bitch we all know who i'm talking about Carl knows who i'm talking about um <laughs> so yeah oh, hi that prick yeah fuck that little midget cunt oh sorry anyway um Personal rivalries, non-disclosed. Let's talk about the Royal Rumble. So me and Carl Wilkinson have already done the pre-show. We've already done the legwork. So frankly, we shouldn't really have to talk about this subject. But we'll afford the lazy shithouses below us, Mr. Peanuts in a can, Jeremy Miller, and Mr. I'm happy to actually legitimately shoot my opponents, Cameron Anderson. They will be afforded the opportunity to discuss the Royal Rumble with us. Do you think that's fair, Carl Wilkinson? Or should we just end the podcast now and tell them to go fuck themselves? I mean, we should totally go fuck themselves. All right, ladies uh... and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the Wrestle Plug. Jay Miller and Cameron Anderson, go fuck themselves. Uh, all right, we'll we're, give them a chance. We'll give them we're an equal opportunity. opportunity here at the Wrestle Plug. <laughs> we're equal opportunity, exactly. Why can't white trash racists like Jeremy Miller, who are also anti-vaxxers, have an opinion too? So anyway, <laughs> his reaction says it all. He's offended because the truth hurts people. Uh, right, six matches for the Royal Rumble this weekend. So I want predictions from all of us again. Carl Wilson, remember your predictions from last time around? Uh, it shouldn't be too hard. No, we, well, if if you forget, if then fuck it. Watch the pre-show that me and Carl did the drops on Saturday. Because yeah, those are the real ones. Why. Um, right, let's get to it. Do drop versus Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. Jeremy Miller, who you got? Becky Lynch, because do drop doesn't need the... Becky Lynch is not going to lose to Dewdrop. Even if the world was coming to an end, Dewdrop is not getting the women's okay. title off of Becky. Why, why, why do you say that? Like, even if the world was coming to an end, is it because of her size? Have you got a problem with that? No, wow. no, 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 no. <laughs> <You're not laughs> so like, yeah, <laughs> motherfucker, I'm on to you. There. Well, I'm going to let Jeremy Miller drown while I stay afloat, motherfucker. Yo, I'm going to stand on his fucking drowning head. <laughs> That's how the business works. That's why Cameron Anderson's going to be a star because he recognizes a corpse when he sees it. Um, and frankly, he's going to be providing a few corpses because when he gets hold of his 99 millimeter, well, fuck me, the knobs are in trouble. Black, black, black. <laughs> so, um, all right, Becky Lynch, Cameron Anderson, who you got? Becky Lynch or Do Drop? Do Drop. Really? You think the Goldberg yeah, of the think, women's division is winning? <laughs> I think it'll be funny. So I'm going with Dewdrop. Dude, okay, Cameron Anderson, just out of pure amusement, thinks Dewdrop's winning. Carl Wilkinson. 
It's Becky Lynch, hands down. Yeah, I've got Becky Lynch too. Let's move on here. Um, <laughs> because because we are not stupid. Um, <laughs> but apparently you know one what? person very much is. If <laughs> so Dewdrop doesn't he wins, win. We're in big trouble because he'll have a massive lead. By the way, I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, if anyone is stupid enough to listen to this whole podcast, we shall do, send in all your forfeits. Whoever gets the least amount of predictions correct has to do a forfeit on this podcast. Um, by the way, we are two weeks in, uh, actually just a week in, because I think it was, yeah, it was, it was last week. So we're a week into it, and Mustafa Ali is still not United States or Intercontinental Champion, ladies and gentlemen. Get that HP sauce ready! Get that sauce <laughs> ready for Jeremy Miller, because if he does not win the IC or United States title by the end of fucking April, Jeremy Miller is going to go brown town, baby. <laughs> Town. <laughs> I cannot wait for that. So, moving on. Edge and Beth Phoenix, the grit couple versus the it couple, the Miz and Maurice. Mixed tag team match. Jeremy Miller, who is coming out of this one? Grit. Beth and Edge, for sure. Cameron Anderson. I... Don't know. I think I have to go with the grit couple this time. Call. Yeah, yeah, that's 3-0 for the Grit Couple, baby. Miz and Maurice. <sighs> fuck it. I'm changing my pick. <laughs> oh, fuck. Let's go. It's all down to who, what they're doing at WrestleMania. If they're going to have this again at WrestleMania, makes no sense for the faces to win here. I'm going to go with Miz and Maurice. And also, have you noticed how the Grit Couple keep getting one up on them? Got to get something yeah. back. Ooh. Yeah. Try to get something back. And always, it's the person who looks strong going into the baby who normally eats shit, I've noticed. All right. It's it's Seth freaking Rollins challenging Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship, and there will be no Uzos at ringside. Jeremy Miller, who you got? Seth freaking Rollins. Scott Corey picks the only white man in that scenario. <laughs> and Roman Reigns. Uh, <laughs> wow. Title. This is why you used to always finish bottom in PvP, fam, because of terrible decisions like this. So you, yeah, were, that's what? awful. Hold on. Okay, what you got? And hurry up, because we've got nine minutes we, left. We already know. We all know that we want to see Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns again at WrestleMania. So have Seth win, Roman in the Rumble as a surprise, and Roman wins the Rumble and faces Brock at Mania. No, absolutely not. Cameron Anderson. I'm going with uh, Roman Reigns because I'm not killing myself and doing this forfeit. <laughs> Carl I'm already Robinson. risking it with Dewdrop. Roman, easy. Yeah, I got the tribal beef coming out of this one, baby. Not Eddie Kenway, the other one. Roman Reigns, beautiful stuff. Yeah, no question. All right. If you're not excited about this, then fuck you. Brock Lesnar defends the WWE title against Bobby fucking Lashley. Who you got? Jay Miller. Brock Lesnar. Oh, he's picked another white man, ladies and gentlemen. What a shock. Because black excellence scares the shit out of him. <clears throat> Carl, no. I assume you've got Bianca Belair being eliminated first in the Women's Rumble, have you? No. <laughs> no. We're, we're joking, of course. Jeremy Miller isn't racist. He's just ignorant, ladies and gentlemen. Cameron Anderson, who you got coming out of the WWE title match? I'm going with Bobby Lashley. Yeah, boy. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Brock Lesnar is probably my favorite wrestler right now, but I'm going with Lashley. 
I, I just think, like, I don't know, my heart is just with Bobby Lashley right now. So that's what I'm going with. Yeah, see, I'm going to go with my heart on this one. The smart, the real smart fans, the ones who are too smart for their own good, are trying to work out how the storylines are going to play out over the evening. And I think a lot of people think if Lashley wins, that means Lesnar goes into the Rumble, wins the Men's Rumble. But there could be surprises afoot. Carl Wilkinson? I'm going with Lesnar on this one. I've got Lesnar too. Yeah, Lesnar too. So... We're left with the Rumble matches. It's the reason we all want to watch. Come on. If you're not excited about the Royal Rumble, you're not a wrestling fan. I don't care if you're a hardcore AW Mark. If you can't enjoy a Rumble, you have no place in this business. I'm sorry. You just really don't. Women's Royal Rumble. This is going to be a good one. Who does Jeremy Miller have coming out of this and becoming the number one contender for a women's title of their choice? A returning Alexa Bliss. Oh, 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 it's a, I'll tell you what, it's a long dart, but I like it. Cameron Anderson, you got anything special in the locker there for the Women's Royal Rumble? Oh, 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 I don't know, I think, I don't know, I'll, I think I'm just going to go with Lita. I like, I like the idea of Lita winning. A legend winning it. Carl Wilkinson, who wins the Women's Royal Rumble? Oh, the returning Bailey boys. Oh, right pick, but you're all wrong. Because I don't give a damn about your bad reputation. Down, 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 down. Ronda Rousey returns, kicks the living shit out of everybody, and eliminates Asuka last. You heard it here first. Actually, you didn't. You probably heard it on all the dirt sheets or the betting websites. But the reality is, if Ronda Rousey is in this, there is no way anyone other than her is going over. I got Ronda Rousey. And I also hear that Teal Piper might make her debut with Ronda. That's pretty cool. I don't think it makes sense for her to come out. I think it would be much cooler if Ronda wins and if she can't get over as a face against Becky, which I think is what they want to do. But Becky sucks as being a heel because she just keeps pandering to the crowd because she's a shit fucking heel. She is. Suck my balls. And she's also a shit promo. Suck my balls twice. Um, <laughs> the reality it sounds like a fucking leprechaun. I'm sorry. I'm just not having it. But ultimately... Um, when it comes down to it, I think it would be much better if she's going to be a heel if T.O. Piper comes in and kind of becomes like a little sort of lackey and starts like attacking people from, you know, blindside and helping her win matches. If she, But she wouldn't need that because she's legit and she's also hot as fuck. Um, just saying. No, can, <laughs> I, can, I <laughs> can I change my pick? Can I change my pick? Yeah, what you got? I want, to, I want Ronda Rousey too. <laughs> Cameron Anderson, <laughs> come and join the Rousey bandwagon. Yeah, yeah. fuck me. Right. Anderson's I never changed. liked Lita. Lita. I never liked Lita. Nah. <laughs> Neither did Matt Hardy, so he shipped her off to edge in it. Next, please. All uh, right, that leaves us with one thing. We've got four and a half minutes to get down to it, boys. Jeremy Miller, who wins the Men's Royal Rumble for 2022? Roman Reigns. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh. <laughs> Roman Reigns, he's finally picked a colored man to win something. He's come through in the end. Congratulations, Jay Miller. You are not a member of the KKK. Cameron Anderson, who do you have winning the Men's Royal Rumble? That is a, that is a tough one, but I'm just going to go for a, just a random one. I, I just think, I actually just think Big E's going to win. You know what? He's one of the odds-on favourites. It's a good, good pick. It's a safe pick. Wouldn't surprise I me. Think, if final four. I I think the what I'm thinking is if Lashley wins the title, right, 
and everyone's gonna be like, oh, Brock Lesnar's gonna win, and then Brock's gonna be second to last, and then just get done by Big E. Okay, interesting. Fair enough. Carl Wilkinson, Men's Royal Rumble. Ah, uh, I'm sticking with what I said during ours. I'm saying KO, baby. I want Kevin Owens to win this show bad. He won't, but I want it so bad. Come on, man. We all I, want it, but it's just I not know. I want it so bad, but I know it's not going to happen. I'll probably get tossed out third. It's, man. Oh, you know what? No, I'm going to stick with it. I was going to say AJ Styles, but I'm going to stick with KO here. AJ Styles, by the way, is Frankie T's pick to win the men's Royal Rumble. I, I did see that. He yep. is clueless it has to be said i didn't see what his other picks were so if anyone wants to get his tweet up quickly for me so i can have a look and read it out that would be appreciated however there is only one man great enough to win the royal rumble if you the rock wins the 2022 royal rumble and goes on to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania because Vince don't care what you want, Jay Miller. Vince don't care what you need, Cameron Anderson. And Vince don't care how your insulin levels are, Carl Wilkinson. He cares about the money. It's all about the money. And what he's going to do is Black Adam Adam versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. It's coming. Tribal Chief versus the great one it's coming i like it yeah so loser of predictions dies <laughs> it's gonna it's the biggest if I, if it comes in i am the biggest genius on earth and unfortunately if not it is just the most stupidest thing since i thought kenny omega might possibly turn up three years ago <laughs> <laughs> when he was in his contract negotiation with NJPW. By the way, I haven't read the spoilers because I'm not interested in doing so. Apparently, NJPW talent is suggestively might be making his debut in the Rumble. Make what you want of that. I do know that Carl Wilkinson has a dream, a pipe dream of Tomohiro Ishii debuting for the Rumble. Oh, you no. just never, ever know. There'll be such a if negative any, Nelly. Anybody that's coming from NJPW to go to WWE, WWE, it's going to be Okada. Not a chance. Nah. He's no. signed a new contract. So that's not yeah, nah, over, no over their chance. dead body. You, you would see Hiroshi Tanahashi before you would see Okada. Yeah, and he's just signed a new contract. So that exactly. <laughs> so, right, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. We're out of time. This has been the rest Marco of the Thank you very much wins. for listening. Would you shut the fuck up, bitch? I'm trying to close the fucking podcast. Motherfucker, we have 30 seconds left. From myself, Aaron X, from Carl Wilkinson, from Jay Miller, and from the annoyingly interruptive Cameron Anderson, thank you very much for listening to the Wrestle Plug. I will catch you very soon for more content because we'll be covering the Royal Rumble this weekend. We are out. There you go. Also, I just want to say that Johnny Knoxville is winning the Royal Rumble. Oh, <laughs> Johnny Knoxville is going to eliminate somebody I'm gonna, big. I'm gonna, yeah, it's called Sammy Dane. Kill you! I will end your mid- existence, fan. Johnny Knoxville, world champ. <laughs> oh bloody hell!